Do you know what month it is? Fuck you, it's January! It's time for Freakazoid and Friends, where the insanity never ends. Just as we defend, you're sure to get the fence from Freakazoid and Friends. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Anime Baby, where fuck you, it's January! This is your host bringing you copious amounts of endless trash today, Mikey. And joining me as always is... Flamenco Kick! Flamenco Punch! Your co-host, Ryan. And making his return to the podcast is... I figured I might as well jump in on this train if you guys were going to review Samurai Flamenco and uh, pay my end of the bargain. It's about time. It's your boy. It's... Flamenco Tone Dog, Tony. And on this, our first episode of the new year, we're starting 2023 with a capital D doozy. Man, we're starting strong this year. Yeah. (laughs) I'd even argue it's an all caps doozy. Or like, no, it's like alternating caps doozy. And like, there's 20 oohs in there. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be W to the T to the F today. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, hoo boy. You know, this year will mark five years of us doing Anime Baby because we started back in uh, late 2018. Holy shit, it's really been five years. Wow. Yeah, it's actually been five years. Yep. And in these past few years, there is nothing that can compare to like what we've seen and what we're going to talk about today. And I guarantee you that most of you listening won't believe what we're about to talk about. We're going to sound like fucking lunatics, but I assure you... Everything we talk about here actually happens. Like, this is the craziest thing we've ever watched and probably will ever watch. <laughs> this is based on a true story. It's It's been a while since we've encountered something uh, this wild and crazy. <laughs> and you wouldn't think it from, like, the outside if you looked up images of it, just through, like, a random Google image search or something. And you probably also wouldn't see it uh, come up in normal searches either, because this is not an anime that comes up very often in conversations. No, only the most niches of niche audiences are the only ones who would talk about this. AKA my friend circle. 
<laughs> some might say trash connoisseurs of anime would uh, hold this up like a sommelier <laughs> and say that this one has a very fine vintage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, everyone, this is Samurai Flamenco. Going into this, you know, uh, before watching the show, I was actually thinking like we'd do another year in review bit like we did last year, but I realized, no, I don't want to delay the inevitable. We need to get into the madness here. Oh no, this this has been our pet project for the month, and it's got a it needs our full attention. So no 2020, 2022 review for us this time. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to go find out about the year in review, just listen to the last year's shows. Yeah, go through our tweets, and you'll just find out what was our favorites of last year. Yeah, or like, uh, listen to the uh, 2022 year in review episode of the Taiku podcast. I uh, sent in my top five anime of the year. You can hear him talk about it there. Hey, there you go. Nice promotion to one of our friends who is obsessed with this show. Yeah, that was a very cool thing you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do have some housekeeping to do, so who's ready for story time with anime, baby? Yay, newly back. Me, me, me. Yeah, I'm ready. Me, me, me. <laughs> Give us some story time. So Samurai Flamenco was created by Studio Manglobe. Manglobe responsible for other anime such as, but not limited to, Samurai Champloo, Michiko and Hachin, Ergo Proxy, Dead Man Wonderland, Gangsta, and many more. Pretty good, a uh, pr pretty good roster, gotta say. Not a bad lineup. Yeah, not bad. And uh, the studio was founded back in uh, February of 2002 and lasted until September 29th, 2015, when the studio closed down after declaring bankruptcy. Which, by the way, they declared bankruptcy two days after the last episode of Gangsta. <laughs> oh, uh, that's, rough. that's rough. <laughs> in fact, I have uh, more info on this, as uh, they had an estimated 350 million yen in debt, which would be around 3 million U.S. dollars. Woohoo, damn. And it had been reported that the studio has been had been insolvent for some time. Insolvent means they are unable to pay off any debts. And it actually considered options such as a debt consolidation or before deciding to file for bankruptcy. So they they were in trouble for a while. What a sad way for a big studio like that to go out. Yeah. In fact, the bankruptcy even delayed the release of like uh, their film adaptation of Genocidal Organ, which was supposed to be released in November 2015 but instead came out in February 2017 after the project was moved to an entirely new studio. Oh man, so someone else just published it, republishes your work? I think they brought on the same crew, but it was like under a new uh, company. Uh, in fact, there was also like an issue with the home release of uh, Gangsta, because uh, from Volume 3 onward, the whole thing was delayed a full 16 months, which in turn delayed the home video release here in the States until May 2017. Keep in mind, this is a show that aired at the end of 2015. Ugh, man. I mean, well, I mean, bankruptcy has got to throw all sorts of distribution rights in, out of whack. Oh, yeah. And plus, like, with uh, Blu-rays in Japan, they, they have to release their home video version first before overseas markets can do it. Right, right. Yeah. Usually, I end, the stu end with the uh, studio spotlight before going into the crew and whatnot, but I have to bring up some of the other companies that helped produce this show, because it's... It, it kind of goes places. Okay, let's hear what you got. So, uh, first off is uh, Anaplex, which, uh, if this ever yeah, did okay. get Blu-rays here, which I don't think they did, but if they did, they would nope, probably cost me like $200. Mm. 
it never did because you know why i see like every few months people complaining about how there's no samurai flamenco on blu-ray <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah all those people just clamoring so hard for it i so want to pay 200 dollars mm -hmm. for these blu-rays <laughs> <laughs> It hit 200, probably more like 300, considering the show's length. Yeah, probably. There's also this company called Movic, which specializes in uh, merchandise. There's another company called uh, DNA, which uh, owns the, the Mobage cell phone platform, which uh, in turn made like a cell phone game based on Samurai Flamenco. Oh boy. I know they do a lot of other mobile stuff too. Yeah, I think like their game was kind of like a, an RPG kind of thing. God, how many, how many, like, probably. how many companies do you need attached to one anime? It doesn't stop there. Because oh, those are the normal nope. ones. Oh, 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 really? Oh, oh here we go, baby. I got a big one right here. Like, the reason I'm doing this is because I found out about this other company that helped produce it, and I just couldn't believe it. So there's this uh, company called uh, Dentsu. They're a oh, yeah. There is they're a Japanese international advertising and public relations joint stock company headquartered in Tokyo. They are the largest advertising agency in Japan and the fifth largest advertising agency network in the world in terms of uh, worldwide revenues. They do business with almost every major institution in Japan, accounting for about 28% of the national advertising budget. Okay. Wow. But also, That's a, yeah. they have very tight connections with the Japanese government to the point that the New York Times referred to them as, quote, the unofficial communications department of the governing Liberal Democratic Party. All right. That name is a bit of a misnomer, as they are a far-right conservative Japanese nationalist party that, mm -hmm. that the late Shinzo Abe was a part of. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a direct connection to Shinzo Abe and Samurai Flamenco. Yep, and, like, the far-right <laughs> movement in Japan. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Interesting. And it doesn't stop there. It doesn't. Episode twenty, episode twenty-three. Sam Rifleveko, uh, Matsuyoshi makes a big old makes a big old homemade shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it doesn't stop there, as Dentsu also has multiple controversies involving overworking their employees. Nice. Won't get into yeah. it here, but look it up if you're intrigued. Like, apparently, one of their mottos is, work until you die. <laughs> hell. Yeah, so that's one of the companies uh, who uh, threw some money to help get this project off the ground. <laughs> nice. Real Motley crew there. Yeah, and like, you know, not necessarily related to Samurai Flamenco overall, but it's uh, something I found really fascinating in my research. Oh, uh -huh. man. That... Kind of explains some stuff later that we see later on. Yeah, and I mean, you know, not to bury the lead here, but uh, this also this is also a series that is very pro cop, very copaganda. So. Uh, yeah, it uh -huh. kind of is having a far right uh, nationalist uh, company that helped produce this kind of makes sense. Uh, it, it, I would also yeah, explain. I can see that. I would also I would also uh, say that some scenes later on also have the pacing of propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we'll get to those when we get to them. <laughs> so, anywho, let's talk about some of the people behind Samurai Flamenco. First up, the director, Takahiro Omori. This dude's got some bangers. He does. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's actually quite good. Yeah. Major bangers. Yep, he's got Bakano. Yep. Durarara. Yep. Princess Jellyfish. Mm-hmm. 
He even did, like, uh, the adaptation of Power Stone, you know, the Dreamcast game? There was an anime of that. Hell yes, I do. He also did Hellgirl. Yeah. But also, uh, they're not all greats, as he also did Koikaze, a.k.a. Ugh. that creepy, the creepy in anime. Ooh, ask JP about that one. Well, I guess they can't, uh, I guess they can't all be winners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just need a paycheck, so you just gotta, like, direct, uh, in yeah, someone, pay the bills. someone's creepy fetish manga, adapt that. Yeah, one one of those works where it's like, you, you by the end of it, you wonder, how did no one go to jail for this? <laughs> They're also the director behind all of the Natsume's Books of Friends stuff, adaptations. That's right. And then there's the writer, Hideyuki Kurata. Oh boy, that guy's got a lot of shit. Yep, uh, not gonna list them all, but some of them include Excel Saga. Maria the Virgin Witch, Maiden Abyss, Helsing Ultimate too. Now for for the adaptions, yeah, yeah but it's it wasn't it like mostly adaptions that was in his works. He's mostly like an adaption screenwriter. Mostly, yeah. And you know what? I got two others for you here that he's done. He did Ori Emo. That's right. And is currently writing the 2023 reboot of Roroni Kenshin. Oh. oh. Another another big uh, helping of oof there. <laughs> another another piece of oof is also that he did uh, Goblin Slayer. That uh, good for him. The series that starts off with uh, sexual assault. Yeah, yeah. I was very good sarcastic, stuff, there. baby. <laughs> yeah, whoopee, Goblin Slayer. Whoopie do, whoopie do. To be fair, that's just an adaptation, though. That's just yeah. like the original material. Like I said, this guy does like does screenplays for a lot of adaptions. Yeah, but. Still, at the same time, like, both writer and director, a mix of really good stuff, but also really abhorrent stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so, in a way, they're kind of a match made in heaven. Yeah, they kind of work for this. They really do. Also, just the fact, like, combine that with one of your backers being a company that supports Japan's far-right national movement, and created by a studio that went bankrupt a year after the show aired, as it aired from uh, October 2013 to March 2014, went bankrupt in 2015. So, combine all of that, we haven't even talked about the show itself yet, and this is already some dark side Black Tar heroin shit right here. Well, <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing that, like, was kind of hard for, re- hard from a research angle for this is um, where the tokusatsu comes in. Because that's what this whole series is about. Yep. It's about tokusatsu. Uh, whether it's, like, your Kamen, your, your Kamen Riders or your Super Sentai, the series is about that. Yep. Were you were either of you guys able to find anything about the inspirations for this? Not really, no. Because I couldn't really find much. I imagine like Ultraman stuff would inspire it, and some of the other stuff. But I, I'm going to be honest here. My Sentai knowledge is basically about limited to the old, old Power Rangers. But that is so far like Americanized and et cetera, et cetera, that it really doesn't count. Oh yeah, that's the same for me. Like when I was young, I watched many, many years of Power Rangers, but outside of that, my tokusatsu knowledge is not too wide. Yeah, same here. Did watch a few episodes of one of the, I think it was Common Writers that the uh, writer of Kill a Kill did. I did watch uh, the first two episodes of the original Common Writer for this just to <laughs> get a sense for the flavor. Quite yeah, good. Yeah, for me, like, you know me, I watch Pretty Cure. That's very much like in the flavor of like a Super Sentai. Sure. And also, I watched uh, one episode of uh, an original Japanese Sentai called uh, Go Busters, mainly because uh, the Yellow Buster was played by Arisa Komiya, who would go on to be 
Daya Kurosawa in Love Live Sunshine. Right, and that's quite nice. Ah, yeah. But the the problem I had going into this is, like, figuring out the why of it all. Yeah, like, why Tokusatsu, of all things? Like, why is this series about that? I couldn't really find interviews about that from the creators and, like, speaking about their love for it. Like, I don't know if they love Tokusatsu. I don't know if they love Super Sentai, this writer-director team. I think they probably do to some extent. Just I, I just have a feeling there's a lot of references and things that we just aren't necessarily privy to in it. Just like some words about yeah, it. Yeah, like I want to hear it from them. Like we can oh, assume sure. that because uh, like it's no there's no doubt that a lot of like people within like the entertainment industry in Japan, not just anime, grew up watching stuff like Ultraman and whatnot. Like I recently watched some like uh video is all about the life of Hideaki Anno and like Ultraman was like a big part of his childhood and like he still holds that love to him to this very day so like, yeah there's no doubt about that but like I really want to hear it from them tell them hear them say like you know we we really believe in tokusatsu which is why we want to do this I don't know tribute subversion whatever the fuck this is yeah not uh -huh. even like a post-mortem or like a post-series interview or anything like nothing like that I just very confused <laughs> and and it's a series that leaves you with a lot of questions by the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there are so few answers with Samurai Flamenco. So few. <laughs> and that was frustrating to find out. So, yeah, but uh, one more thing before we get right into it is uh, we need to talk about some of our personal history with uh, Samurai Flamenco here. Yeah, there, there's a, there is a little bit of story we here all as have to how history. we got to this point. So, uh... Tony, you have the biggest one, so I'm gonna let you. I'm, I'm gonna let you go last, like so. Me and Ryan can just go first with with ours. Okay, yeah, I think on. mine's the simplest one. Mine's the simplest because I was kind of out of the loop for this one for the most part. But for Samurai Flamenco specifically, I think I first, I think it first caught my eye back in college. I believe it was around the time when I had first experienced Tiger and Bunny, and I love see, I love the first series of Tiger and Bunny. Love it to death, one of my favorite anime of all time. Listen to our old episode and you would find out about that. All five hours of it. <laughs> it's a good one. I had a lot of words about it. It's a very good one. But I, I tried finding other series that were maybe like it, and I caught Samurai Flamenco, which, just from like a glance at its Wikipedia page, seemed like it was similar at first. I watched the first episode, found it really, really boring. Watched about, I think, half of it, and then I gave up. And I never thought about it ever again. So that's how it was for Samurai Flamenco for me for a long time. Just watch the first episode. Yeah, I think I think later on I did watch the full episode like all over again. But yeah, never didn't really see any potential of it. Left my memory, and uh, and yeah, then I kind of read the full Wikipedia page, and that's when I was like, oh, I think I might have dodged a bullet there. <laughs> and then. Wait some years, wait some years, and then that's where we get to, I think, your story. Yeah, I think uh, my story actually kind of is kind of intertwined with yours a little bit, because uh, I remember back maybe sometime a couple of years or so after it aired, just like seeing it talked about on Twitter, but not like going full in-depth about it. And I just go like, oh, okay, Samurai Flamenco, whatever, that's just a show people are talking about, whatever. And then I remember one day in particular, it was... Uh, me and you, Ryan, and uh, one of our other friends, we were just hanging out one day, and I don't know what led to this, but we all decided, hey, let's just watch the first episode, because it's on Netflix. Because I think we just all heard of it and just wanted to 
see what it's like or whatever. Yep, yep, the day where we watched the first, the, the, the full first episode. Yep, we watched the full f- first episode, and we all came away with, with, like, this is really boring, we don't want to watch anymore, let's just move on to something good. And that's where it ended. That's where I think it should have ended, <laughs> all things considered. <laughs> but fast forward through to uh, several years later, uh, specifically all the way back in... Uh, I think it was 2020 when I first d- decided to do the uh, anime Secret Santa, and I got our friend Corey. He got me as a to be my uh, Secret Santa, and one of the shows he recommended to to me was Samurai Flamenco. But then I remembered that first episode, and I thought, Nah, I don't want to do this. I think uh, I think I'll just do March Comes in Like a Lion instead. And then the very next year, he gets me again, and then recommends Samurai Flamenco again, <laughs> and I and I. I do the same thing. I think, no, no thanks. I think I'll do Kyoso Giga instead. And then after a while, it started to like, I started to learn more about uh, Tony's background with Samurai Flamenco. And then one thing led to another. And like, we just started talking about how, like, if we're ever going to talk about this, all three of us need to like do this as an episode. Like if we are ever going to actually sit down and watch this, like it needs to be an episode. It can't be like, watching it for shits and giggles. We need to make a special event of it. That's what you were thinking. Exactly. Which in turn leads to you, Tony. What is your history with flamenco? Lord. Where do we begin? Where do we begin? I suppose from the beginning, as all stories do. Okay, it started... Okay, I'm just searching Twitter here for this. It started with a tweet. With a simple tweet. On this is 8:25 p.m. March 17th, 2015, from our friend Vinny Av AGC. I'll watch Love Live if Tone Dog watches Samurai Flamenco. And then I responded with "Done." And then Corey responded with. <laughs> then Corey responded with "Motherfucker, he's never gonna watch it now." Which, yeah, that's which okay, but. <laughs> And then, as I recall, a few months later, he he started he he started watching it, and then he actually went to the premiere of the movie with I think I think he went with Ed Chavez, and then he freaking cosplayed as what's her face from Love Live, the the silver haired one. From the first oh, uh, season. Katori? I think it was Katori. I think it was. I think that's what that's what that's what happened. Okay. I watched I tried watching it once that June and I said, Oh, it's decent so far. And then I just eventually just burned out on it. I'm like I I just can't do this. I got maybe six episodes in five or six episodes in and I just and I just stalled out on it because I thought it was going nowhere. And you see what the problem is? You you stopped right before you hit the diamond vein. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped right before the mother load there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, well mate and, and everyone's like, oh, why don't you just watch it? Because it gets good at episode seven. And I'm like but that is so much anime for something to get quote-unquote good. 
and I just never got back to it. And it's been a constant thing from that point until now of people be a Vinny and Corey and all sorts of people who know this, who know I haven't watched it yet, and Vinny's watched the entire Love Live and the movie, and I haven't returned this end of the deal. It's been an ongoing joke, and you know what? It ends now. Yes, we are finally ripping the Band-Aid off and just ending this once and for all. You happy now, Corey? You happy now, Vinny? Happy you happy? Now? Happy now, Inc. Happy now, everyone who's dunked on me. Now, now, now no one ever has to recommend me this for Secret Santa ever again. You don't get the satisfaction of ruining my Christmas. Yep. Did you think, if, did you think that we would be all, like, all in on this? All in on this big joke that we're about to get into? Huh? Yeah, real big rib, guys. Real big rib. Yeah, thanks. No, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I I literally. I, well, I I joke somewhat, but I I know this is going to make for. I know ahead of time that this is going to make for an interesting episode. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the last time we did something relatively bonkers was when we did Dorohidoro, but that was good. That was fun, crazy. Mm-hmm. This is like. Rip your hair out, wonder if you're all right, crazy. Yeah, this is a special kind of crazy. This is a special kind of bad where you're not sure if it's bad or not. You don't know. It's one of those anime where you don't know what is intentional and what is not. Yeah, last week, like, I was watching, I think it was the 13th episode, and I just texted you both the the shrugging guy emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had, I was like, what? Okay, cool. Like... I can, there are at least multiple moments of me while watching the show where I just had to pause, you know, spin my chair off to the side, and then just kind of hold my head in my hands, just going, yeah, this is, I'm watching this. I can't stop. Mm-hmm. I made my bed, now I'm going to have to lie in it. I mean, I yeah, I laughed, like, hard at this series. It took me a while for me to start laughing, <laughs> mainly because I think it was just, it it was all building up, and then it just hit a point where it just all released out into the wild. I laughed because that was the only rational yeah. response I could have. <laughs> maybe it's maybe, like okay, dude. Maybe I went a little insane. Who knows? <laughs> maybe I just have a high tolerance. Maybe like, it's like it's like it's like I just realized. Oh, this is why everyone suggests it to me because they know it will get a good laugh out of me because they know that will be my reaction. You all, you at home, I'm sure most of you who listen to our show, unless you are are the friends that we mentioned before, most of you probably have never even seen the show. And I need to reiterate, everything that we're going to talk about actually happens. Like, someone wrote this, someone directed this, someone animated this, someone looked this over and went, good. Someone handed this over to a, to a broadcasting company, said broadcasting company, aired it on TV. This all happened. Yeah, we, we are going to broad strokes it somewhat, but like rest assured, we are going to try to give you a the, the best approximation of the, of Samurai Flamenco that we possibly can, because it, it defies a definition in some areas. Uh, so some parts, I know like typically you guys will go bit by bit over everything. We're kind of going to go arc by arc here, just so you know. Because uh, as you will soon, because I assure you when it comes to this anime, the finer points, uh, 
uh, everything is made up and the points don't matter. Okay? <laughs> the finer details... Yeah, basically. The finer details do not need that fine of a comb. Like, if you're... I mean, there's a few callbacks, but hey, that's, that's, that's because they're like, oh shit, we should call back to something. Oh good, you called back or something. You did your job as a writer. Yeah. <laughs> you did the bare minimum of good writing. You know how to do a beginning, middle, and an end here. <laughs> you passed the writing 101. Uh, I feel, but still, um, yeah, I guess we shouldn't delay the inevitable. Yeah, it's like, you know, if you out there know Red Letter Media or are fans of them, like, think of this as our attempt of doing uh, a best-of-the-worst-style conversation right here. Yes, we are going to try our best with this series. So, I think it's time for the nonsense. Let's dive into it. We're talking all about Samurai Flamenco, so without further ado, let's start the show. Super Teen Extraordinary, Freakazoids, Freakazoids, runs around in underwear, Freakazoids, Freakazoids, guess who's Washington, D.C., Freakazoids, Freakazoids, and that's something better's on TV, Freakazoids, Freakazoids, his brain's overloading, it has a junction program. Textbook case for Sigmund Freud, Freakazoids, Freakazoids. Check out next to Netflix, nerd computer ace. When surfing on the internet, then was that the cyberspace? He turned into the Freakazoid, who's promised as a freak. He drives the village crazy, cause he's a lunatic. Who gives home races a Freakaland? Freakazoid, Freakazoid, Floyd the Barber cuts his head. Freakazoid, chimpanzee, rides around in the Freakazoid. Freakazoid, Freakazoid. To make a movie deal, freak a me, freak a you. He's here to save the nation, so stay tuned to this station. If not, we'll be unemployed. Freakazoid, Freakazoid, Freakazoid. So usually we start about start talking about like the openings and the endings, but I barely remember them. Uh, I'll, I'll I think they were forgettable. I mean, yeah, they are. the The opening openings and endings for the series uh, quite forgettable. I guess the I guess the best one is the first opening, I guess. It's because it's the first impression Maybe. of the show and it has some decent animation in it. Although the I will say the the opening animation for the first opening of the series really tricks you into thinking you're gonna be watching something that is balls to the wall that yeah. every episode. <laughs> it, it's not a good not the best yeah. approximation of what you are about to see. Whatever the the first opening gets over the characters, uh, like gets over all the characters that you're going to see well enough. And both of the endings are just pop regular idol pop songs from the three idol characters in the series. Uh, the first one is just okay. Uh, the second one kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not very good visuals not very good music uh, they they don't make good music in the series yeah, not really no they're not good they're nope. not the best idol singers i've ever heard uh, very mediocre they are c-tier idols and also they're the the very happy ending is throughout the whole series and there are some pretty dark parts to it as well yeah <laughs> so they it contrasts really badly on some episodes and the and the 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 second opening, uh, not good either. Well, also it's with the second opening, like with the first opening, it's like okay, at least that one is animated. The second opening is like a slideshow until it isn't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least oh oh, and during one specific arc, it's also just straight up a slideshow. Yep, and also uh, reuses uh, clips from the actual episode. Right, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. It reuses clips from previous oh, yeah. episodes, which like 
real market quality right there. Yeah, second opening. Good uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, not not good. Probably in that regard, probably the worst one. Yeah. <laughs> out of the out of the openings and endings of the series. But yeah, the openings and endings yeah. do not really matter here. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. They are opening. I'm gonna be real with y'all. I skipped them most of the time. Oh yeah, I skipped most of them too. No, yeah, they're, they're the, the music not me. really not real bangers or any, of any kind. They don't stick in your head. They're not catchy. It's like a far cry from like you know uh, the last time we did like a Tokusatsu anime Gridman. Like that opening and like the, that ending. Like those were bangers. Like I love the, the songs in the scene. Fun. That yeah. one was fun. Yeah, here it's like there's no fun to be had. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a theme of the show. No fun allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you count fun as crazy twists and turns which we will get into okay so what is the premise of samurai flamenco okay so uh i think we'll each take turns describing an arc so uh i'll i'll take i'll take uh i'll take this one okay so uh what how, how does the series start off here i will say you'll ne- you'll have to help me with names because it's one of those anime <laughs> <laughs> so samurai flamenco um the the basic premise is that one day a, a police officer in japan named goto uh, finds uh, a hoodlum who is half naked out in the middle of the street, named Masayoshi, and he's trying to he's trying to go outside and uh, dress up. He's trying to go outside and dress up in a togasatsu outfit, and is trying to stop criminals. And this is where Goto finds out that Masayoshi is a huge fan of tokusatsu anime. Uh, what was his favorite one again? The name. Uh... I believe it was called uh, Hikiri Sunshine. I think it was Harakiri Sunshine. Harakiri Sunshine. Yeah, right, something right. like that. that. That's his main one. His other favorite one is a uh, another tokusatsu called Red X. As yep, well. that's another one. Mm-hmm. And Masayoshi uh, just has very grand ideas of wanting to be a masked superhero and saving the day for people, fighting villains, fighting evil, and uh, just fighting for general justice. Mostly this just involves him, though, uh, going out in the world and just chastising people for not recycling or um, taking things that are not theirs. Or like kids hanging out after dark in front of the convenience store. Right, right. Yeah, right. which, that's important. Yeah, Masayoshi uh, has no powers whatsoever. It, the, the, the beginning arc of the series uh, shows that this is, this is our world. This is the real world. There are no superpowers whatsoever of any kind. And Goto, in like the first arc of the series, uh, the first arc of which I call um, the kick-ass arc. Yeah, because it's just Tokusatsu kick-ass. It doesn't kick-ass. Yeah, yeah, it kick yeah, we're not talking about it in qualitative terms here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Go- but Goto, uh, for, the, for the first arc of the series, just humors Masayoshi. And really, he's just a cop who's just trying to make sure that this idiot is not going to get himself or others hurt. And so that is mostly what is... That is mostly what the first arc of the series is all about. But there are also yeah. side characters such as uh, Masayoshi's agent, because he uh, his his regular civilian identity is that of a model who tries to get you know acting jobs and photo shoots and all sorts of stuff. And uh, Masayoshi, over the course of the story, uh, encounters some other colorful characters as well. Like we also have like in uh, Idol Group that uh, Masayoshi. Uh... Like he joins them in like uh, doing a bit part for uh, one of their music videos, and that actually yeah. in turn leads to the uh, the lead idol girl uh, Mari Maya, 
realizing that he's a big fan of uh, Tokusatsu because at one point during like a rehearsal, he sings to himself the theme song of like uh, the Red Axe show, and she overhears this, and then she's all like, "Wait, you did you sing? Did you sing what I think you sung?" And then we find out that oh, she's actually a big fan of the same stuff too, which eventually yeah. leads to uh, her also becoming a uh, Tokusatsu vigilante, though more in like the style of like uh, a magical girl. Right, right. Kind of like a Sailor Scout. Yep, Sailor Scout, Precure sure. sort of thing. But there's also a bit of a rivalry angle, too, where she kind of steals Masayoshi's thunder a little bit because he calls himself Samurai Flamenco. She calls herself Flamenco Girl. And then eventually yeah. she brings in her uh, other idols to uh, form a team, and they all become uh, the Flamenco Girls. Yeah, and there's kind of a bit of a rivalry between the two and, like, different styles of justice, you could say, whereas, like... um. Uh, Masayoshi slash Flamenco's is more like of, or Samurai Flamenco's is more of a traditional kind of like style of justice, whereas the Flamenco girls, they're, they're like kind of, they enjoy punishing people and like more brutal kind of vengeance-y. I, I will put it like, I will put it like this, uh, what's her name, Mari? Uh, Mari, yep. Mari? Yeah. Uh, she's, she kind of just does this all for like, uh, the thrill of it. That's kind of just it. Just kind of to blow off some steam. Uh, Basically. Yeah, that's, that's I, kind of I it. didn't sense <laughs> any deeper motivation. And she's just roping along her friends for the ride. And her friends are surprisingly okay with these vigilante adventures. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're kind of chill with it. And um, But interspersed throughout all this is also um, uh, Masayoshi also comes into contact with some other colorful characters uh, outside of the ones we just referenced. Uh, there's also a journalist named, what's his name? Kono? Yeah, uh, Kono, yeah. Yeah, Kono. Kono. Who is trying to, who over the course of the first arc is trying to track down uh, and see if Masayoshi is this samurai flamenco guy out there. Because, hey, it's a juicy story. Uh, a, a model becoming a tokusatsu hero, a masked hero. That's pretty, that's a pretty juicy story there. He's basically like, he tries to be like the J. Jonah Jameson to start the series, you know, like, I need pictures of Samurai Flamenco. If he doesn't want to be famous, then I'll make him infamous. He, he's, yeah. But he's very chill about it, and he's kind of smooth. Yeah. Or he tries to be smooth. Like he's, he's also he, hitting on uh, Ishihara, the manager, too. Yeah, right, right. absolutely. Ishihara, the manager. He hits on her a lot, and she just, yeah, she's a very no-nonsense character and just wants Masayoshi to focus on his modeling career. There is also yeah. uh, an old-school uh, tokusatsu hero as well, uh, an old actor, Whose name was? Uh, I believe it was Kaname. Kaname, right? Uh, that is was right. The, uh, the Red Axe character. Yes, he played Red Axe, who uh, who inspired Masayoshi. And Kaname is uh, a bit of a nut in his own in his own way as well. He is always traveling somewhere. Yeah, the 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 first interaction he has with Masayoshi has him uh, impersonating Samurai Flamenco in order to bait out Samurai Flamenco so that he can train Masayoshi. To be an actual tokusatsu, real-life tokusatsu hero. Yep, he actually teaches Masayoshi how to uh -huh. fight, because up till this point, he has no fighting skills whatsoever. And Kaname, in general, is the craziest cast member, because <laughs> he seems to just go with the flow for everything, and seems to also be as deranged as Masayoshi is, as well. And I guess the last one is Masayoshi's uh, tech supplier, as well. Yep, uh, the scientist man. Uh, how do, how does pretty he pretty cool, I liked him. Yeah, Harazuka, Harazuka, I yeah. believe. Yep, Harazuka. Yeah, yeah, he works so. at a uh, he works at a uh, stationary company. Actually. Yeah, he develops stationary in these... his own company. Yeah, 
and he he grows to believe in samurai flamenco and his uh in his journey towards justice so he provides masayoshi with gadgets that are all themed after uh stationary so like uh stapler nunchucks or uh like yeah, a dark gun that a dark gun that fires weighted erasers yep yeah i i was actually a fan of that part i got to say that was that was actually pretty amusing i, I won't lie but yeah, this is this mm-hmm. is the general premise for the roughly the first seven episodes of the series. So this is your first impression. Uh, the the overall gist of it uh, in the first seven episodes or so is that this is sort of like um, this is sort of like common uh, uh, rider meets kick ass, basically. Pretty, pretty right. much, yeah. And like yeah. more often than not, you just get like uh, nods to like Tokusatsu. You know, just people like referencing stuff. You know, like oh, why are there explosions everywhere? Or how come, like, the Yellow Ranger always eats curry all the time? You know, what's the deal with curry and, like, Super Sentai and Tokusatsu? Which, like, I tried looking up, but as the series goes on, I kind of forgot to do that part of the research because I was just so... I, I, the series kind of hooked me in a way to the point where it's like, I don't need to talk about this because, like, the series is giving me enough to talk about already. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah. But yeah, it's the first impression, yeah. and the overall first impression, if it was just this first part, the whole anime was just this first part, is that it's okay. It's like, it's, it's very dry, and also just... It's very... The best way I was I could describe it, like, the first... That, yeah, as we mentioned, all the way up to the end of the seventh episode, it's very kind of one note. Like... It's oh, by the books in some ways. Very by the books. Oh, gotta hide the secret identity lest lest you get exposed as being some sort of nerd who likes this kind of tokusatsu stuff while you're trying to get your modeling career off the ground. And it's like just dealing with mundane kind of regular street criminals type stuff. Nothing, nothing too exciting, nothing too over the top, just very forgettable for me. I... It's competent, I guess, but just it doesn't inspire anything. And like I got I have watched the fifth I've watched the first five episodes probably three times now. I did it once. That's when I fell off. Because I started watching it week to week actually when it first was airing. And by the by the fifth episode, it was it was like going on and people were like going nuts i remember people were going nuts about it on twitter one day it might have been after the seventh episode and i'm like people you need to settle down about this show holy shit god <laughs> it's so mediocre because like i i was watching this and like as i was putting my notes together like like i wish you could read this because you can see like how my views on the series changed as the series changed because like i have one note here written where I just say like, yeah, I can understand why people would love would like this because you know it's, you know it's very basic, it's competent, you know, there's nothing absolutely horrible about it, but like, I don't know, I just don't really get the overall hype. Like maybe because like there were just some other stuff airing around the time that people needed a little change of pace because I know Kill a Kill was airing around the time, so maybe they didn't it want, was. yeah, so like maybe they didn't want something so high octane, they just wanted a little, something a little bit more quaint and mundane. Now yeah, you say that, I, yeah. but when you say that, like this came out at the same time as Kill a Kill, that is a that that's a poor comparison. <laughs> they literally that's, that's I not think that's they not started a the same season. Yeah, they started in October 2013. If you t- yeah, if you if you asked me to guess what year this anime came out in, 
even setting aside some of the technological developments developments inside of it, like texting and whatnot, I would have probably guessed like 2006, 2008 or something. Yeah, because... It, it, feel, it feels like that, the overall look of the show, because this show, not the best looking. Not a looker, that's for sure. And especially as we go on, there is some rough stuff, folks. And with this director, too, I don't get why the show looks like this. Like, the colors are very, like, just kind of washed out. Uh, like, there's not a whole lot of complexity to a lot of, like, characters' actions or, like, animation cycles or anything. Uh, a lot of the time, you're just kind of watching uh, characters uh, stand around and just do stuff. Like, nothing about the action is particularly well choreographed or anything. It's, it's like, Manglobe and this director were not bringing their A-game. Yeah, and it's like... If you watch this, you wouldn't believe this same director did Bakano and Durarara. Because, like, both of those shows are, like, really fun to watch anime. Like, the animation is, like, really good in both of those. But here, it's like, you, you couldn't even guess it's the same person. No, yeah. not at all. And the music is just oh so forgettable. I wanted to, I wanted to claw my ears out every time it did that farty... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't remember. I don't remember a single track from this series. It's like the main thing, the main kind of like interstitial music that they always are using. I guess, yeah, it kind of comes to mind, but just barely. There was one track I only remembered just because it sounds like a knockoff. There's like any moments where like the characters are like sneaking around or being suspicious. You get like this knockoff Pink Panther music in the background. You know, yeah, like it, it sounds oh literally like that. Yeah. And not to mention the sound effects in this show are just so they are so bad. Oh my god, they are so stock, it's not even funny. <laughs> like there's crowd like there's like the generic crowd like cheer thing that I've heard like fifty million times in every other show. I I know it when I hear it. There's sound effects from Doom in here that were re that have been reused over and over in millions and millions of things. <laughs> Just oh my god, it was grating the sound design in this thing. Oh man, uh, show the show to JP so like he'll probably tear his own hair out because he's a big sound boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th this is why I say like for any people out there that like quit the series after the first six episodes, like Tony did, I don't blame you. No, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, if like if you got six episodes into an anime, you would also think, oh, this is all this anime is going to be. Just like mediocre animation, mediocre music, and just so-so characters. Like, yeah, I wouldn't blame you if you dropped it. In fact, just to just to show how little I cared about this going into this, because I didn't know any of the later stuff that happened in this. I just always assumed that this was just gonna be a mid -tier, a mid-tier series. Like the only way you can legally watch the show is if you sub to Funimation now, which by the way is a dying <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. like, it used to be on Crunchyroll, but then like Crunchyroll got rid of it, and I guess they didn't decide to bring it back yet during the merger. Yeah, yeah, this series is, uh, is a bit hard to acquire. So I watched this on I watched this on a shitty pirate site. I never do this. Like if I'm going to not watch anime legally, I I try to torrent, but I'm just like, no, this doesn't deserve space on my hard drive. I'm just watching. Pick the shittiest pirate site ever and just watch it there. That shows how little Classic. I cared about this. <laughs> oh man, I watched, I torrented it, but um, oh my god, dude! I actually went on the secret site. You may not know about it. It's called it's called Naya, 
And uh, <laughs> I also I also went there and I got Decadance. It's a little anime. You may have never heard of it. It's very obscure. No one's ever heard of it. Very obscure. You may have never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no dub. Holy there's no shit. Dub this, there's no dub for this series holy. either. No, holy shit. There is some. There are some fan sub stuff we got to talk about later. But I will say, <laughs> the cast in the show, there's some really good uh, voice actors in this, I will yeah, say. One cast member I really want to point out here is uh, me being a longtime Haruhi Suzumiya fan. Uh, hearing Tomokazu yeah. Sujita as Gota was, it was kind of like a rush of, rush of nostalgia because I oh, yeah. heard him talk, his his cadence, his voice and everything, like, it's just Kyon. And, like, that's also basically just Goto's character, you know, someone there to, to provide a normal perspective on the situation and to be both weirded out and yet drawn to another character's eccentricities. Like, he is just Cop Kion, which, by the way, Cop Kion, A-Cab. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like that. Got them, baby. Like, I love you, Kion, but, yeah, fuck the police. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's nice that you at least had the had to have a little bit of typecasting in there to enjoy. Yeah, I I do love I like when I watch Haruhi, I mostly prefer the dub. I really love Crispin Freeman, but Sujita, like he still has that great delivery. I still love him as Keon. Well, I, I guess that is one segue, I guess, into like what I liked about these first seven episodes, this yeah. first arc. Because I I will admit there I could understand why some people might like this initially. Because I will say, the, the main relationship between Goto and Masayoshi is not too bad, honestly. Not horrible. Yeah. Not horrible. It's fine. Goto, he's the straight man. Masayoshi, he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Our main protagonist is crazy. He, he goes out in the streets and he thinks that he can actually be a hero. And he espouses about yeah. justice and good and how evil needs to be extinguished. I mean, he, I mean he's like... He, he, he's like a compassionate Rorschach. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I described him. He's going out and he's hassling people and saying that they're evil, but like, really, he just wants what's best for people. Like, one of his biggest, like, first forays into here, heroism, is where he uh, breaks up some uh, schoolyard hooligans that are out in the middle of the street and he tells them, like, hey, don't, hey, you should go home. Your parents care about you. Like, I know why you come out here. You think that no one loves you and that, like, society has failed you. But, like, I'm telling you right now, your parents want you home. They want you in bed. They want you eat. You, they want you drinking your milk. And I want what's best for you. So, please, like, take care of yourselves. Go home. Kiss your mamas. And, have a, and like, live your lives to the fullest because I believe in you. And then they beat the shit out of him. And it's, it's literally that episode of The Simpsons where Ned sees, like, uh, you know, all the schoolyard bullies, and he's like, "Hey, kids, why don't you just go vamoose?" And then they chase, start chasing them with like a with like little mopeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, when you hear Masayoshi deliver these lines too, he, he, he sounds actually crazy. He sounds actually yeah, crazy, I mean, a bit more deranged than like any other protagonist that might uh, yeah. say something like this. I would like to highlight the uh, voice actor for uh, for Masayoshi. He is Toshiki Masuda. Uh, it here he says that he wanted to become a voice actor after watching Code Geass and Gurren Lagann. Ooh, oh. which is great. That's that's, um, pretty, that's a pretty cool origin. Yeah, but but uh, he but he some of the some of the roles you may know him in here he but uh, the big thing that kind of broke him through is 
He is the voice of Kirishima in My Hero Academia. That's hey. right. That's cool to see. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's also 9B in Darling and the Franks. Oh, yeah. That was him. Oh, interesting. Which I think he did a good. I think he's doing a really good job in the show. Great, great performances all around, really. I mean, honestly, he sells he show. sells the insanity of like uh, Masayoshi's lines pretty well. <laughs> he he actually makes you believe that this character believes in all of like his espousing of justice and evil and whatnot. One thought I had while watching this is like he really reminded me of uh, Eugene from Hey Arnold, specifically the episode where he's like a big fan of this uh, TV show called uh, The Abdicator. The Abdicator. You know, he's just all like, ah, you're a big yes. hero to all of us. You teach us kids all about truth, justice, and the American way, but you're just a big phony. It's time to take you out to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just needed a scene where, like, he, Masayoshi starts giving out to, to like, a uh, tokusatsu actor just saying all like, no, nah, you're just a big fake. You're not a real hero. And the hero's all like, you just talked to me like this, and I couldn't sleep. I could barely work out because I was thinking of this stupid kid yelling at me. <laughs> uh, but... But no, but no, it goes back to, but, but yeah, it kind of goes back to my point that there's, I, I like Goto and Masayoshi's relationship. I think it's strong enough for a start. Like, this could go somewhere. Yeah. Like, Goto, he's the straight man. He's a very normal guy. He's just, he's just got a job where he's just like, he just stands outside his precinct and he just looks at people going by and he's like, just, he just helps people find their wallets or whatever or something. That's just his day-to-day -day life. But then he gets Masayoshi in his life, and he's like, oh, I have something interesting here now. Because otherwise, all Goto does is just uh, text his girlfriend on his cell phone. On his crappy flip phone. Yeah, on his crappy flip phone. Yeah. And he's just trying to find time for her, but he's like, oh, I really want to hang out with my girlfriend. But, like, this Masayoshi kid, he just keeps distracting me. He's so annoying. But, like, he also warms up to Masayoshi, and he's like, huh. Like, he's like, wow, this kid, he, he actually, I mean, I say kid, but, like, I think there's only, like, a four-year difference between the two. Yep, uh, Goto is, like, in his mid-twenties, and Masayoshi is... 19, and he turns 20. Yep, 19 going on 20. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But, like, they actually strike up, like, an honest friendship that, like, actually felt kind of real to me. It did. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes you want to see, like, where this is gonna, where this is gonna go. Like, how far will this masked hero thing go? Uh, especially when you get into the other characters as well and how they're introduced and portrayed, uh, such as Mari and her group. What is her music group called again? Uh, they're called uh, MMM, which like takes the first letters of their first names, as you have Mari, Moe, and Mizuki. Right, right. Uh, I know. I think there's some other words to it, but I, I forgot what they were. Yeah, but uh, they also yeah, form it, like it, uh, a magical girl group, basically called the uh, the Flamenco Girls, and they kind of do like yeah. the. Uh, they kind of do like the pretty cure thing where like we call, where we call ourselves flamenco diamond, flamenco ruby, flamenco sapphire, you know, flamenco blank. Uh-huh. Right, they're following yeah. the theme here as well. Yeah, and then the uh the the group name that you were looking for Ryan is Mir excuse me, Mineral Miracle Muse. Or <laughs> MMM for short. I mean, I guess it rolls off the tongue, but I can think of better names out there. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever, you've got like the letters that correspond and stuff. Um, yeah, and you got their sapphire, ruby, whatever, because those are minerals. Oh wow! And it's and it's like whatever. Like uh, Mari, she she's as crazy as Masayoshi. Yep, and, uh, uh, I love how she fights. That she uses a staff that has knockout gas, a mace, and a taser. She's actually more well equipped than my Masayoshi at the beginning of the series than he is. Yep, and yep. Masayoshi, he just has Masayoshi got into this 
uh, through his grandfather, who got him really into uh, masked heroes, and uh, invented. The, and Masayoshi's grandfather was the one who created the identity of samurai flamenco. And um, mm-hmm. at, at one point during the first arc of the series, uh, Masayoshi finds uh, a suit that his grandfather had custom made for him when he got older. Yep, because uh, his grandfather actually made a lot of materials for the, like the samurai flamenco character, like scripts for episodes, like concept designs for the character and everything like that. And he kept it in a big box only to give it to Masayoshi once he turns 20. And then once he becomes 20, he gets like this new costume and like all of this potential like samurai flamenco merch and like the entire pitch bible for like this what should what should be a tv series yeah initially that's what it feels like that this is something that like his father just wanted him to i don't know sell or put into the world as a piece of fiction and i guess one way you can interpret it is that masayoshi is interpreting this more as like i i need to actually become a hero i need to go out and yeah. save people and enforce justice yeah <laughs> that or that or you could probably see like him getting into modeling and that kind of stuff is maybe a gateway over to like kind of parlay it into perhaps pitching this TV show where he would be the star. I, 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 but I think there, I think initially there's at least like some interesting interpretation you could give where it's like Masayoshi is like deluded and wants to become a hero, but it could also just be as likely that his grandfather just wanted him to put this tokusatsu idea out in the world because you know his grandfather's passed away he's not around anymore they both came up with the character together and like he feels like he masayoshi he's a young lad he can like get out there into the world and like present and sell this character to like a company who would want to like put it out there in the world right right and you know that that's quite interesting in itself that's not too bad for like a premise right there uh because in these first seven episodes uh some of the some of the crime busting gets a little old after a while because, and part of that does come from uh, Mari and her team, <laughs> the, the flamenco girls, because I don't really like these girls very much. I, I like them. I I feel like they could have done more with them, but I think they're cute. I like. I do like how they fight people, basically like using actual weapons and also uh, stomping on people's balls, chainsaw man style. That gets yep, old that's, pretty that's quickly, good. though. I don't. I don't think it gets old because stomping on balls never gets old. It's fun, and I I like the little ding every time it happens. But then there's there was yeah, one joke good. I actually kind of liked where like Moe, you know, the shy one, steps on someone's balls and you hear like a little thong. He's like, no, 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 you got you got to do like this ding, like get get the sound right. It's a good one bit. time where it's yeah. funny, but it's it's a joke that gets overdone after a while. Yeah, a little bit, but it's... yeah, whatever. They're the cock knocker girls. <laughs> <laughs> the cock knocker. <laughs> That should be a that should be a superhero. But like, not sure. But like, uh, but I want to get to this point about like the girls, which is that like I, I still don't like them as characters very much though because Mari is just as delusional, but my Masayoshi, but she's kind of just doing this all just because we we never really learn why she does any of this. Not really. It's just because it's fun. She just does it because it gets her. It gives her like a sexual thrill or something. I mean, she is attracted to people in uniform, so... Yeah, yeah they, they do clarify that one of the reasons why she interacts with Masayoshi and Goto is because she has a crush on Goto, and that's because she has a fetish for cops. Yeah. Which is which, uh, okay, a buddy. little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but also she's, like, in kind of, like, a, a relationship with, like, one of the other girls in her group, Moe, which kind of feels... It feels more like a friends with benefits kind of thing. I yeah. I don't really understand what that. Well, well, yeah. Her relationship, Mari's relationship with the other girls, is that like one of them is like more her boss. She's like the team leader, and like she does all the stuff. And then I think like Moe, uh, she's 
don't know if she felt more like just a groupie or she, something. She's like the shy, cute one in the group. I I don't know. I don't know. Like Mari just like occasionally just kisses her on the mouth. Oh yeah, like apparently that happens a lot. And it's like that's just something she does. Yeah. But they never once say if they're in a relationship. Fighting evil by moonlight, kissing girls by daylight. Yeah, I, I don't really <laughs> see them hang out as a couple or anything like that or something. It kind of just feels more like Mari is just... Uh, She's just kind of using her for like a sexual thrill or the, whatever. It, yeah. I don't even feel like Mari gets anything out of it. It feels more like she just does it to Moe just because she knows she's easy to control. A little bit, yeah. Like, it's just it's just the thrill of, like, ooh, girls kissing. Yeah, something like that. Like, for, from Mari, whenever she kisses Moe, it feels more like something she does to control someone. And that makes her very unlikable in my eyes. A little bit, yeah. Because Moe is just putty in her hands. Yeah. And I really... Th that just makes her very unlikable in my eyes. And the fact that, like, she's just very disconnected from all the crime, too, that she's just kind of doing all of this just for, like, the thrill of it, which, like, that's fine enough for a character at first, but, like, as we'll see as the series goes on, it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. But, like, whatever, th that's, like, the potential that we have at first or something, like, whatever. Maybe I didn't like Mari, but I at least saw some potential there in, like, what she was doing and, like, her adventures as she goes around in this big, what, like, Hummer? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, a big pink hummer which if you look on the back of it she actually has like this uh symbol which actually is the symbol for like uh, beginner drivers in japan yeah that, that, that's oh, kind of cool fun. That's, cute. That, that's fun before i forget i gotta bring up her seiyu uh haruka tamatsu she actually would be, go on to be in pretty cure she plays a uh, cure oh, fortune in, in uh, happiness charge which i haven't seen but i hear that character at uh, a I hear the character has, like, a bit of an attitude problem, so, like, yeah, it kind of fits there. Ah, that does kind of actually kind of work out. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get to that series eventually. Well, I guess there, I guess there is also some likability to be found in Kaname. I mean, he's he's also another crazy character. He's, like, this old-school actor, you know? But, like, he's big, yeah. he's burly, like, he travels around all the time, and, like, he, and he's actually the one who trains Masayoshi and teaches him some, like, extra kung fu skills, you know, so that he's an actual yeah, he seemed, fighter. Yeah, he's pretty likable. There's a there's a bit of a joke between these two where like uh, apparently Kaname doesn't know Masayoshi's name. He just refers to him as student, and Masayoshi calls him master. And Goto catches on to that. He's like, he doesn't even know his name. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, that's yeah. my. And there's like sequences where they just go back and forth saying that student master student master or whatever. And there's also plenty of moments where like uh, Masayoshi is in trouble and he tries to call Kaname for advice, but it's always like. Sorry, I'm in overseas on a film shoot or whatever. And, like, there's actually, uh... It eventually... There actually is a big moment where, like, uh... Kono actually starts setting up a bounty for Samurai Flamenco. You know, we need to find out who this mysterious Samurai Flamenco is. So, yeah. So, like, I'll, I'll give whoever unmasks him a million yen. And then it turns into, like, ten million yen. And then, like, thirty million yen, you know, is, like, enough to buy a house. Yeah, in a way, Kono is, like, the, the first villain of the series. A bit, a like, you know, going full JJ right here. Mm-hmm. But hey, that, that that leads to like some like chases and adventures and Masayoshi. He busts criminals and yeah, criminals don't really uh, care too much about him. They think he's kind of just annoying, you know. But like Masayoshi, you know, it, often in these conflicts, he wins people over with his uh, likable personality. Like at one point, one of the uh, guys that's chasing after him and actually posting online where he sees Samurai Flamenco, Masayoshi saves him from like uh, falling to his death as he's like climbing up a, a drain pipe, and then. He, the guy, like, sends people a different way so that uh, Masayoshi can escape. So, like, he wins that guy over by just being his genuine self. And I'm like, okay, that's actually kind of sweet. Yeah, that's that, that's that's all right. 
that's not too bad. Like, like I don't know. Maybe this, maybe the series could just be uh, the rest of this sort of these sort of like mundane adventures or something. And hey, Hirazuka is getting introduced. He's you know kind of interesting as well. He he invents uh, gadgets for Masai to use. And oh, the joke is that they're actually all stationary equipment. Yeah, and, so not technically illegal. So he can wield them as weapons. Yeah, because Masai he doesn't like doing anything illegal whatsoever. He's very sanctimonious about it. Which. Which I can see be charming to some people, but after a while, that started to grade on me. Like moments where, like, they have to kinda yeah they have to chase after someone who stole something, and he's all like, "No, you can't cross the street. It's it's a red light." Okay, now we can go. <laughs> yeah, like, multiple times it, of that where I'm just like, "Dude, just just go. Stop being such a boy scout." Like I said, very one note. Yeah, it can it can very much be in that way, and that's where this and that's where the first arc of the series like kind of loses me, but. The first, with the first arc, my point that I'm trying to get to is that, like, it's the characters and their individual interactions that kind of wins me over more than, like, any, more than, like, any larger story or, like, any kind of, like, action or anything. It's, like, whatever. It's just, like, a more, it's just, like, a, a nicer, more optimistic uh, kick-ass, which uh, I, I have to say I would take any day over actually reading kick-ass. Yeah, because kick-ass actually sucks. Yeah, because I, I read all three of those. Yeah, it's... I read all three of those original volumes, and Not I good. would take Samurai Flamenco over the re rereading that any day. Fuck Mark Miller. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Though it's like, uh, yeah, go back to oh, the whole man. thing about Masayoshi being a Boy Scout. There was like, there was one moment where I'm just kind of like, okay, this like I can find him charming in some places, but at other times I'm just thinking like this dude's kind of a wiener. Where like uh, we kind of get like a bit of his uh, sad backstory, where like he and Goto are chatting it up in a restaurant and. Uh, it's raining, and then uh, Masayoshi brings up, like, hey, have you ever stolen an umbrella? You know, when I was a kid, you know, I forgot to bring my umbrella to school. So I borrowed one, and then I found out that uh, that uh, that belonged to another person, so they borrowed another one, and so on and so forth, eventually leading to one lone kid not getting an umbrella, and then him getting sick because he had to walk home in the rain, and he's all like, I felt so bad about this kid because he got super sick because he couldn't get an umbrella, and it was like, and he's like, I need to protect these kids in the future. And I'm just like, dude, you're just like you're you're doing all this because of umbrellas. Yeah, chill stuff. out, dude. I stole an yeah, umbrella. Like, <laughs> that kid was sick with the flu for three days. He was happy to be home from school. Oh, the humanity. Yeah, the the kid didn't yeah. even die. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, just go to a convenience store, buy like a pop of umbrella for like five bucks. I mean, well, yeah, that, well, I mean that, be that kind of becomes a whole thing too, because like then Goto's uh, umbrella gets involved, and then it turns out, oh, Goto's girlfriend owned that umbrella, and he really had to return it to her. Yeah, so then yeah, and then there's like a whole wacky races bit. Ooh, gotta get the umbrella. Oh, I can't cross the street when it's a red light. Gotta stop here. Okay, gotta go. Oh, nope, another red light. Okay, we can go. It's like, oh my god, so funny. Is it? Isn't this funny? Why aren't you laughing? You better start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> this is comedy fucking this gold. This fucking gold right here. Every time there's a joke, I'm gonna look at you. I'm gonna look right at you and point. It's very funny. I was laughing like a laughing like a hyena. There were a few moments here or there where I laughed. I did during this first arc. Sure. I mean, anytime I laughed, it was more kind of like a chuckle. Like, I had a bit of a case of the teehees more than the full belly laughs. Yeah, not the hardest I ever laughed, but, like, they were there. Just like, eh, yeah, that's a joke. That that counts as a joke. Same here. Yeah, it's like, I acknowledge the joke. 
But yeah, by by the seventh episode of the series, that's where this that's where all of this kind of runs its course. Yeah, because yeah, it starts off like. Do you want? Do you want me? Did you want to take over this one? Uh, I can I can take over this one because I think we yeah because we need to explain just what exactly happens at the end of episode seven because that's when yeah and there's a little there's a little lead up to yeah yeah so uh, well. Starting off with that, we kind of, going back to the whole box that uh, Masayoshi's grandfather left him with all the samurai flamenco stuff, in that box has, like, scripts for episodes, and he reaches, like, one episode where it's revealed that uh, samurai flamenco, the character, like, his parents were killed when he was younger, and that the the scientist man that's that's, uh, helping him out is actually his grandfather, and he's like, I wanted to tell you, but I wanted to wait until you're older, and then Masayoshi flips the page, and then he sees a newspaper clipping revealing that uh, his parents, whom he thought died of an illness when he was younger, were actually killed overseas, like, while they were on vacation. And, like, his grandfather used the script for Samurai Flamenco for this episode to reveal that truth to Masayoshi once he got older. So that was another reason why he waited until years later to uh, give him the box with all the, with all the stuff. If you want to do that, that that seems like kind of a psychopathic way to reveal like your parents' fate. But all right, you do you, man. It's a good moment of pathos for the character. Yeah, because it leads to a mo- it does lead to a moment where like he's talking to Goto and he's just like it does lead him to reflect like, oh, am I is what I'm I'm doing right? Like, is there a way for me to stop something like this from happening again, or maybe find this person? Like. What reason yeah. am I doing this? Right I mean, now? it was. I mean, it was well done, but it's just c- kind of a really odd way to for, uh, like, say a real like in real life. Like that would be weird no, I think... if you revealed your faith that way. No, here's here's where I disagree. I think it's actually quite good because the no, you, you forgot the one part where Masayoshi gets to the point where he's like, where I thought this was actually quite real, where he's like, I I thought about I saw this Goto. I read this article and like I heard about like this criminal killing my parents and I feel like at some point I should say that I should go out there and stop this criminal that I should like that this should inspire me in some way but like it doesn't I just feel yeah bad. okay yeah like he's not having his full Batman Bruce Wayne moment right here yeah it's like a real moment where he's like oh shit this is real it happened to me and like it doesn't inspire anything in me it just makes me sad and that's when he has like a real moment where he's like experiencing real grief for something that happened in this life it was a random it was a random act of violence against that cost the cost the lives of his parents and he just doesn't know how to feel about it right it actually kind of shakes him yeah. back in reality reality a little bit and Godot is sitting yeah. there and is, and is just kind of being there for him and you know kind of reminding him that it's like it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel sad for something to experience that kind of loss. I mean, when you put it that way, it it sounds a lot better than what I thought it was, you know? Yeah, like, could have been a little clearer, but, like, in fact, it could have been even better if they continued on with that, you know, maybe have, like, epi- multiple episodes where Masayoshi just struggles with, like, does he really want to be a hero anymore? Like, do, like what 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 is his motivation now? Like, he's just kind of lost his smile a little bit, and, like, people have to, like, motivate him to, like, no, yeah. there's... There's a lot of other criminals out there that could do the same thing. You need to stop them. But then he's like wondering, like, do I have the power to do that? You know, have episodes like that. Like that would have been a good mid-season turn 
for the character. Or it could have even led to moments where uh, Masayoshi is questioning uh, the, the situations that criminals find themselves in as well, about, like, what drove them to this point. Yeah, like, why would someone do this random act of violence against two two people that they've never even met? It's a moment of grief for him, but it is a moment that... But it is a story beat that could have led to um, quite big things later down the line. It's like a big character development moment. Yeah, it is. And it was this point, too, where I thought, wow, Samurai Flamenco could maybe at some point evolve into a pretty decent, a pretty good, down-to-earth, uh, like, realistic superhero story. It could maybe turn into something yeah. like that. like more of a personal story than, like, the actual, like, crime fighting. Yes. And then we get to the end of episode seven. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, here we go! So, yeah, we could have gotten that, but instead, we get something incredibly baffling and stupid. No, 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 don't, don't say that. Just say what happens. So... Let's go. So, like, uh, local police precinct, they, want, they see Samurai Flamenco as, like, a big celebrity, and they thought, like, hey, let's bring him on a drug bust, you know, it'd be good PR for us and good PR for him, why not? So they go Yeah, the, just very simple stuff. You know, simple, routine police operation, they go to this building, they bust some drug dealers and stuff, but then... One guy gets away, runs into an office, police give chase, he opens up a drawer, you see a gun there, you think he's gonna like, oh, reach for a gun and start shooting, but no, he tries to grab some medicine, but the cops apprehend him, and he's like, no, I, I, I need my medicine, otherwise I'll, I'll, and then this guy, keep in mind, we're in the real world right here, this is our world as it has been established, this guy, then all of a sudden, transforms into a giant gorilla with a guillotine where his abdomen should be. And he's all like, I am the guillotine gorilla. I will kill all who stands in my way and starts lopping off the heads of all of these cops and then throwing them out the building. Actually kills like people. Chops yeah. their heads off with like the guillotine inside <laughs> his body. And then yes. Goto and Masayoshi try to go up against him, you know, like, Goto, he's almost about to get his head lopped off. Masayoshi is trying to use the gadgets to start punching the guillotine gorilla, but, like, they have no effect. But luckily, they were able to, like, uh, you know, stop him from killing uh, Goto, and then they shove him out the window, and he falls to his death. Right before he dies, he shouts out, VIVA TORTURE! And then explodes. And then, we see in the sky, the silhouette of a supervillain, like a tokusatsu-style supervillain bad guy, and he's like, I am King Torture. I will challenge you, Samurai Flamenco. I will bring darkness and destruction to the entire city of Japan. Just you wait, Samurai Flamenco. What the fuck is this? Yeah, hard, <laughs> hard left turn into what the fuck, Bill. Like, my exact notes ooh, ooh, ooh. as I was watching this I'll, this is exactly what I wrote. I wrote, what the fuck? A lot, lot of U's, a lot of exclamation points and question marks. What the fuck is this? King Torture, who the fuck is this? What, how, when, why, what? Did anyone expect this to happen? I was aghast at this I moment. Know. I was like, what are we... Like, I... Based on what I had heard of the series before, I... I, I, I knew this turn was coming, but I didn't know it was going to be so abrupt. <laughs> Like, okay. Yeah, it 
now we're just unironically a tokusatsu series. Yeah, like, legitimate, real, like, ah, real monsters happening before yeah. us. <laughs> and, like, I heard there was a twist, and, like, I actually thought about, like, oh, what could this twist be? And I thought of something, like, I was kind of thinking of, like, something similar to, like, Gurren Lagann. Like, I was kind of thinking, like, oh, what if either Masayoshi or Goto, you know, spoiler alert, pulls a Kamina and dies, and then the other one has to carry on their spirit, and you know, fight for the greater good in honor of their fallen friend. Like, I thought yeah, it was something like that. like that. You know, maybe they struggle with, like, being a hero for a while, but then they realize, you know, I gotta pull myself up and actually do this. Yeah, you can pull that off in, like, a story. I know there's a comic out there, I think, called uh, Radiant Black that does something, uh, I think, almost exactly like what you describe. And that one, I think, actually also apes off Tokusatsu and Power Rangers as well. Yeah, I'll have to read that. <laughs> but, no, we get a hard right turn into Crazy Town. Like, actual... Tokusatsu villain right here getting ready to take over the city and challenge Samurai Flamenco as like his rival. Yeah, we 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 now yeah, we the the series has its common writer and now it has its shocker, its big evil organization. Yep. And even even complete with cyborg monsters as well. Yep, we get like uh we get like yep. a a rhino that's in like a, a boiling pot. We get like uh we get, like, a centaur man. We also get, like, a, a flying bird man, too. Yeah, they're, they're, they, they all, they're, all, they're all based on animals, and they all take their theming from uh, execution and torture techniques. Yep. Yeah, they're pretty fun, like, kind of character designs, I will say. The, the, the character designs are decent. They're decent, but you don't get enough time to enjoy them, because, like, as soon as, like, these monsters are introduced, like, they're introduced in a very tokusatsu, pretty cure style, monster of the week kind of thing, and then they're immediately defeated. Yeah. And it's like, on to the next one. Yeah, like, literally, there are monsters are attacking Tokyo every single week in this. Like, in the story. The very next episode after this, we get, like, four separate monster attacks in the same episode, and they're, like, all defeated. Like, we don't... This series does not give you time to breathe or, like, comprehend the situation. They just, like, thrust you in, and they expect you to accept this. And they're just, like, hitting you with every single thing that they could think of right here yeah so the, the this next arc is basically like the common rider arc for samurai flamenco
and the thing is, like, I, w I would, I was also actually expecting there to be a main villain, because, you know, having Masayoshi be a Boy Scout for 22 episodes couldn't have been their plan. But, like, I was thinking of something, something more grounded, like, say, another Toku fan, you know, starts seeing Samurai Flamenco out and about in the city doing his thing and thought, like, and starts to be inspired by him to be the villain to Samurai Flamenco, because, you know, every good hero needs a villain. They want to be, like, a necessary evil in order to keep the world balanced uh -huh. or something like that. You could have made him, like, a, a big-time CEO or business mogul or, like, a politician, you know, someone in a place of power, and, like, they can dress up as, like, uh, an evil supervillain and, like, maybe hire, like, athletes or bodybuilders who use, like, their own business subordinates as, like, generals and or, like, free criminals to, like, be their foot soldiers, you know, like, play up the whole tokusatsu theming, but, like, bringing in, like, actual real people to do this, to, like, challenge the samurai flamenco. I mean, you already had other characters who, as far as we knew, were crazy for, like, no real reason <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no explanation, so whatever. Like, you could have totally introduced uh, CEOs or corporate types uh, or, uh, like, any other, or any other kind of, like, high-positioned power people that uh, that just also go in for this bullshit. Like, basically, I wanted Adam from Skate the Infinity, who is also a big-time politician, but dresses up as, like, a JoJo character to, like, challenge these kids to, like, downhill skateboarding. Like, I wanted that, but as a tokusatsu bad guy. But yeah, now it's just doing, like, mid-level tokusatsu. And not even very good-looking stuff, by the look of it. No, the animation really starts the shit the bed here. Yeah, none of the fights with yeah, monsters. Yeah, there's some really bad stuff. None of the fights with the monsters, particularly good to look at. No animation that wowed me whatsoever. There's a point in one episode where, like, after each monster fight, we keep getting the same shots of, like, this boardroom full of, like, the the Japanese government and, like, the police force going all like, uh, Samurai Flamenco and the Flamenco girls just beat another villain. Or, what do you think of this prime minister? Oh, they're doing great. They go back to fighting, and then they cut back again. Like, they cut back to the same boardroom, like, four times. And it's the exact same shots. And every now and then you see uh, the, the villain, King Torture, uh, mourn the fall of his uh, fellow villains as well. But, I mean, he doesn't really do anything for a while. Nah. Yeah, it's just kind of standard fare, like, Toku, Pretty Cure, Monster of the Week type stuff there. Adult Edge, too. Yeah, because there's, like, you know, there's a little... There's, there's some blood in there, too. There's some... Monsters making skeezy comments to Ichihara, too. There's a little bit of a BDSM theming to, like, uh, these torture monsters as well. King Torture himself. And it's like, okay, I can see why people would say it gets quote-unquote good at this point, mainly because it's just so nonsensical that you're just fascinated to see, like, what happens next. Like, this is the new normal now. Like, where do you go from here? Because I, I, cause I will say this right now. This is where I actually started, like, watching the episodes back-to-back. -back. Not just, like, one at a time or anything. I... The, the weird fucked-up thing is that I did actually want to watch more Samurai Flamenco. Because I wanted to see... Oh, yeah, me too. I wanted I, to see how much crazier does this get. It's like... I downed, like, nine episodes in a day last weekend. Oh, wow. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> you probably did too much there. It wasn't it's counting dangerous. my Bochi watching, too. I don't remember. But okay, it was definitely at least seven episodes. Well, that does balance it out. You balanced it out with Bochi. But, like, yeah. I was kind of in a similar boat where it's like, I need to see what happens, but at the same time, I'm too scared to find out because I'm afraid something even dumber is going to happen. And lo and behold, it does happen. <laughs> but also, this yeah, is where, like, so... 
but also this is where like character development for some characters also uh, begins to stagnate and go nowhere. Uh, Kaname doesn't like progress in any way. No, he barely shows up. Yeah, uh, Razuka, like whatever. He makes more. He makes new gadgets. He doesn't really go anywhere. Goto, despite being one of the main characters, also doesn't really progress very much. He just kind of tags along. Not and really. Up. Uh, Masayoshi on the uh, in the busting some of these villains. Yeah, there's a bit of them butting heads because you know after like each uh, monster defeat, Goto has to come in and you know kind of file the police report and stuff, and like Masayoshi has to like wait around for him, and like they just they're starting to get at each other's nerves, of being all like, oh, "You just keep fighting all these monsters. Like, why don't you do something here or like help us out a little bit or whatever?" It's like weak sauce. Like it's, it's like whatever. It's very like basic stuff it doesn't build off on like any of the character development they established before, earlier yeah and also i should mention you know like uh when it comes to like tokusatsu sentai stuff you know a lot of the charm comes from the fact that it's so very goofy and silly and cheesy like they acknowledge that it's a, a lot of fun like you know when i was watching that go busters episode i i like i liked how at the very end they're just all like okay now let's uh after this big monster fight let's all sing and dance for the ending credits like it's just it's just a lot of fun here <laughs> there is no fun like there's no hint of irony with any of this. Like, it's played completely straight, but at the same time, they're also kind of making typical tokusatsu observations about things like, oh, why do you, why are you looking like this? Or, like, why should monsters, like, always attack people like this? Why are we in, like, a big canyon when we fight? Like, it's it's space-level observations, but, like, they're also, yeah. like, treating this as, like, real deal stuff which it is but also it's not because these monsters look really stupid and goofy well yeah the, the problem is that they're playing tropes straight without doing anything to really subvert them no other, for the most part other than just point them out which is not subversion you're just pointing it out yeah you're just doing the exact same thing yeah, and just like really pointing out that you are doing it and that you're not doing anything and now it just alerts to people now it just alerts to people how you're how, yeah you're not doing shit to like you're not doing anything different. You're just doing the same old shit we've seen before. In fact, like, the very episode after the start of this whole King Torture arc, it reaches a point where, like, no one gives a shit. Because it starts off with, like, Samurai Flamenco fighting monsters, and you just see peop you just see regular citizens walking past him, like, uh, da, 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 we don't care, there's a monster fight. Like, no one gives a yeah, shit. Yeah, it, it just becomes the next episode. so routine. Well, that actually turns out to be the point, though, of what King Torture is yeah, doing. It is, really, because, like... The whole bit is like the entire the, the the entire populace, hell, and even the government is just like, oh, they're 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 doing their thing, we're doing ours. As long as they're protecting us, cool, whatever, we can look away, move on with our lives, they'll take care of everything, so no worries here. Yeah, all this comprises about like three to four episodes of the series. Yep. Which uh Yeah. Also with that, it's like another it's another example of them just, like, pointing out the obvious because of, like, you know, the common joke in, like, any Sentai or Tokusatsu series is, like, you have these monster attacks every single week. Like, why don't people just leave or move out? Like, why is everyone so cool about all this after each fight? Yeah, it's it's the very, like, oh, you live on the coast where there's a hurricane? Why don't you move out? Or, yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah. Or, like, why, like, why do people who live in, like, uh, Angel Grove and Power Rangers not move? Or, like, why aren't they all freaked out about all these Megazord fights every week? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then it's, like, one minute you have the show putting over how boring this all is, how mundane it is. But then the next minute you get to King Torture, who then lives up to his name and starts actually torturing people hor horrifically. Like, the series is so confused yeah. about itself. 
Yeah, it's 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 here where like it starts getting really. It's, it, this arc is just so tonally all over the place. Yeah, because and this and this tonal dissonance persists for the rest of the series. One moment it it'll be all happy, fun, like times like we're playing tropes straight and like whatever with what we're parroting, parroting, and then they'll just like pair it with like really dark real world stuff. Yeah, because uh, near the end of the arc, like uh, reaching the big climax, is that uh, King Torture captures Mari and Moe, and they, he actually does he does some real torture to both of them. Like well, he also tortures Kor- Kono before it's yeah, pretty Kono to get yeah to about Mari. And Kono initially doesn't succumb to the torture because he's got like you know he's got pride as a journalist or something. Until I guess King Torture takes advantage of his need for a good story. And I, I think, doesn't he, like, doesn't he use Kono to bait in Mari? Yep, he uses Kono to bait in Mari. Yeah. Which, which Kono is kind of complicit in, as well. Yeah. Which also made me really yeah, not like. Yeah, really. Also, he not, he never gets any comeuppance for, for this. Like, later in the series, everyone's just cool with him. Yeah, after this, he actually flees the country for a little bit. Yeah, and then he comes back, and everyone's all like, oh, hey, Kono. Yeah, Kono, did, don't you remember the time when you baited Mari into getting tortured by, like, a supervillain? And not, like, cartoon villain torture, like, because there are moments where it's all, like, uh, King Torch is all like, oh, once I get you, Samurai Flamenco, I'm gonna throw you into a big pot and boil you. But then, like, no, like, actual torture. Like, he does some Higarashi shit with this. With, like, actual... Yeah, there's some pretty fucked up shit like in here. Well, okay, I'll, th- well, this is where I want to say this. I'll give the series some credit. They didn't show as much torture as I thought they were going to. No, but, like... It, but it's implied. You're saying it's implied. Just enough. Like, you see all the weapons and instruments. You see Mari t- chained up in, like, this evil dungeon. Like, it... It literally looks straight out of like Higarashi without like the actual blood and guts gore. Well, yeah, and and uh, yeah. Moe also gets captured. And well, really, the only on-screen torture we actually see is King Torture applying uh, pliers. Yeah, pliers to crush her pinky finger. Just to just plot. Yeah, to which that was make Moe break. That that fucking got me. But that's I expected like, more torture yeah. though, and what fine whatever. That's that's the most on-screen stuff we actually got. I'm at least thankful for that because I would have just mm-hmm. bowed the fuck out if there was any more torture. Yeah, I, I didn't want to see anything more than that. Like whatever. You yeah, could, if there was like any. It's still yeah, heavily like implied any eyeball in shit, other scenes been out. Mm-hmm. But like that was that leads to like a thing where like you know uh, Moe decides to like say like let Mari go, take me instead, and then King Torture's all like oh, I see your nobility, like I'll I'll release you both because you have the heart of a hero, unlike this one over here who was hoping that you die, and that kind of like leads Mari down like a kind of sad depressing path where like she feels like oh i'm i'm not good enough to be a hero i secretly wanted my friend to die for me now okay i don't like the torture but i do at least like king torture calling out mari for how much of a piece of shit she is yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that, that needed to be said like he, he, like someone had to come out and say like you're a faker you you never did any of this for any genuine uh reasons you you just wanted the thrill of it like like you're nothing you're nothing which by the way i will give credit to king torture's seiyu uh show hayami he was very good in the role, like, the way he just called Mari side character while Samurai Flamenco is his true opponent, like, just getting up in her face was very chilling. I, I thought, like, okay, you're pretty good at that. Like, he, actually, he actually puts in a decent performance as King Torture, even though King Torture is not a, not mm-hmm. a super memorable villain. No, not at all. In in any way, really, no. but whatever, he puts in a good performance as him. And by the way, like, he's another voice I recognize because he sounded so familiar, and I found out, oh, he's uh, Principal Asano in Assassination Classroom. Like, does the exact same thing. Oh, shit, that's a good one. Yeah, so that's a, he, he's pretty much playing, like, doing the same vocal performance for King Torture here. Hey, quite nice. To yeah. See. So, good job right there, Hayami. So then, Absolutely. uh... Absolutely. 
But uh, I, I also want to point out this is a, another moment of Masayoshi's Boy Scout tendencies getting on my nerves because Mari is being tortured. She is going to die and Masayoshi, he's racing to go save her, but he stops at every fucking traffic light. I'm just like, motherfucker, just go. God. Yeah, yeah like, that, actually, that go and save the your piss friend. Out of me. It's like, that should be the point where you're all like, I'm sorry, I gotta do this, forgive me, I'll fix it later, but it's like, I gotta go save my friend right here. It's like, no, you're stopping for it's red like, lights, asshole. It's like trying to be funny and like say, oh, he's so traditional about his justice that he won't, that he stops at the red lights like a good citizen. But yeah, like, that's another thing where it's like... There is no real world where that would happen. And again, the confused tone, like, is this, are we supposed to be laughing? Are we supposed to be like worried? Like, what, what is the point here? And so then the point it, is to subvert. It subverts my expectations. <laughs> yeah, it's a deconstruction. That's what you do when that's what you do. That's what you say if you're an anime fan. It's a deconstruction. You know, I expected him to have some urgency in this moment, but uh, you, you really subverted my expectations right there, Samurai Flamenco. I, I did not expect him to be such a Boy Scout right here. <laughs> he did a good job. Wow, very, <laughs> very cool. I mean, I, I also didn't expect the... Uh, I didn't expect the hometown baby face to lose on Raw, but he did. He did. Wow. <laughs> so eventually this leads to a big one-on-one -on -one fight between Samurai Flamenco and King Torture. And there's a moment in there, like, this is the start of, like, the moments where I started to realize, I started to question my own sanity. Like, what am I watching here? Because at one point, uh, King Torture, he saws off his own hand, and then he replaces it with a fucking chainsaw, Ash Williams style. Groovy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what am I even watching here? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird, but at the same time, you got him in, it was pretty cool. In a dumb way, but... Yeah. Eh, whatever. Cha like, a, a chainsaw arm I'm a is just universally for enjoyable anywhere. Yeah, like... I am a sucker for that kind of shit. Like, just weird putting weapons on you type stuff <laughs> like all you just needed was like a sawed off boomstick and like you'd be perfect i would rule but then, but then they but then they also reveal king torture's motivations which are that he's just like masayoshi yeah we see pictures wow like uh during their fight uh, masayoshi gets thrown into like uh basically his office and we see like all of these tokusatsu super sentai figurines everywhere giant life-size suits pictures of him as like a little kid with all of these toys and he's all like he's just like me but he's like yes i'm just like you but i turn to the dark side because the villains are much cooler than heroes or something <laughs> yeah and then that gives them motivation to like fight for the same things but on different sides wow so uh, in a way i was kind of right with like what i thought it would be with like you know the guy being a necessary evil or whatnot just being a villain for uh samurai flamenco but like they barely touch upon it other than the small moment right here well like well like yeah, they, because... bri they briefly explain king torture's motivation where he says that like and it's, and it's here where i thought like the, the series was almost onto something where he says that like you see the heroes out there in the cartoons every week fighting monsters but every time they defeat a monster nothing about society actually changes everything goes back to the exact same way it is everything still stays shitty and so I'm going to bring about world peace through evil. He pulls like a Seymour from Final Fantasy X where it's like, I will save Spira. I will destroy it. So like, there was also another plot point I forgot to talk about how like uh, all the monsters that Masayoshi and the Flamengo girls defeated, 
when they are defeated, they explode, but after they explode, they leave little uh, particles and, like, some stuff in the air, which then later reveals to be, like, like, the way King Torture does something right here, where it's, like, he's going to unleash all of these, all of this energy, all of these particles, of, like, the, these fallen monsters, to then turn them into, like, an even bigger monster to then destroy the world, thanks to the help of this giant missile that also has, like, his essence within the missile, so that he can combine everything to like form one super monster or something. Yeah, the missile. Yeah, he's got an. Yeah, he's yeah. got a missile, a yeah. giant actual missile. He does. And he's going to fire it over the city of Tokyo, which will launch particles and revive the monsters. But like, they're all going to combine with King Torture to make one big giant monster, like full on Megazord, right? Something. And he's going to rule the world like that. You know, that's how he will cleanse the world by destroying it. Mo giant monster style. I don't even know if he's necessarily going to kill all the people in the world. Like, I didn't even know what the, like, the next part of that plan really was. I'm pretty sure that was. Like, that's the typical, like, I will save the world by destroying the world because the world is so shitty. It doesn't deserve to live. And, like, that's, that's the moment where I'm just all like, what am I watching? What the hell am I even watching? Like, this is where I really start to feel like I am going insane at the moment. Yeah, I, I didn't get, I didn't get to that. I mean, I didn't feel insane until a little later here in our next big turn. It was I thought it was all kind of standard, like, stuff. Because it was like, I kind of felt that it was, that it all kind of fit within this arc a bit. But then the insanity will come a little later. I guess, I guess there was one part to all this, though, that I did actually kind of like. But for the wrong reasons, I think. Not for the reasons I think the creators intended. Which is that while Masayoshi... Uh, is trying to defeat King Torture. Goto is tasked by Masayoshi to go stop the missile. And during the whole time, Goto is like, Goto's like, I'm just one man. How can I stop a missile? Like, what does he do? He uh, drives mm. up in, uh, I believe, the uh, Flamenco Girls Hummer. Like the, yeah. Yeah, near the side of the missile. He drives up right nearby it. He just guns it. No, 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 no. Before jumps that, out of the truck. No, 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 no. Oh, before yeah. that, he, fired, he fires a couple bullets at it. And he's like, well, I've done all I can do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then he just guns the no, 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 guns no. the Hummer wait, wait, and jumps right out. Wait, you're missing the best part. And then the Hummer just knocks it over. Wait, 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 hold on. You're missing the best part, which is that, like... Wait, what? It, like, you're missing, like, the, the greatness that, like, as a cop, he goes up to this and his only thought is to, like, fire two rounds into it to kill it. Yeah, not even a full oh, yeah, clip or anything like that. He just fired four shots. He's like, Masayoshi, like, I, I can't, I don't know what to do to stop this. I already, like, sh like, I, it's not, on, it's not an unarmed citizen. I can't stop it. I'm not shooting a citizen <laughs> in the back right I now. I can't plant drugs on this missile. I'm not sitting on his, I'm not putting my knee on his neck or anything like that. <laughs> this missile has no knee for me to put has no neck yeah, for that, me to put my knee on. That is really good. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm doing does, everything that yeah. a cop can do. All I know is pr police brutality. <laughs> also, this missile isn't even black. <laughs> it was well, green, he at as least, I recall. He at least, he at least uh, resorts to vehicular manslaughter. Yeah, that's, that's at least page two in the police handbook. Yeah, the only way he has to stop the missile is to uh, charge the Hummer into it and roll out of it. And the Hummer um, knocks the missile to its side, and the launch uh, cancels because you know it can't blow up in that space. Yeah, like I think he, it's a, uh, yeah, it's like it's, tilted, the, it's the fail safe for the missile. Yeah, but it's tilted over, and then like it, yeah, it doesn't explode or anything. And the computer and the announcement is like like oh like missile missile impeded missile launch failure missile launch failure. Yeah. So hooray! They did it. They defeated 
they defeated tor or Masayoshi defeated torture. Hooray, he did it. Yeah, and he he defeats him by shoving King Torture into like uh one of the uh Sentai suits that's standing up, and then like he gets stabbed right through the the heart by like uh a, a, a hand that's sticking out. So that's how King Torture is defeated. But then he's not. Yeah. He's like, I will nope. rise again. There's a far bigger evil than me. There's even like a rock, <laughs> in, a glowing rock inside King Torture that Masayoshi gets a I hand think of. You're right. But like that doesn't that doesn't come up until later. Yeah. It's like whatever, Masayoshi got a now has a glowing rock that he got from King Torture's chest. Yeah, and like Yeah. And, and that's kind of how this arc kinda of ends. Yeah. All this happens in a single episode, by the way. Which yeah. looks like uh yeah, as I was whole watching capturing stuff. The whole capturing stuff, torture brutering Mo, all of that stuff, everything up till up till defeating the uh defeating Tor King Torture, that's all single episode. Yeah, the last episode is incredibly stuffed. Hell, these four these three to four episodes are completely stuffed. And like you folks yeah. at home are probably thinking like, oh, this is like one big climax. No, this is only the beginning. Uh -huh. It's gonna get nuttier. We, we're only halfway through the show, baby. Like at like at this point, I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, I'm so glad I never chose this for Secret Santa, because Corey would have ruined my Christmas. Like, I love you, Corey, but also fuck you. So for the second time, you're <laughs> sitting here you're you're sitting here thinking is the series going to end a second time? Yeah, because like we've already had yep. two endings at this point, and there's more endings. Yeah, to come. and it feels like it because at the end of that episode, after after defeating the villain and stopping and stopping the plan, Masayoshi is about to reveal his secret identity to the world. Yep, he pulls in "I am Iron Man" and reveals that I am the samurai flamenco. And then people are like, oh, "Whoa, it's a, it's yeah, Masayoshi." And then of course, uh, then of course the uh, the manager, the manager of him at the agency is like, "That son of a bitch! I knew it the moment I saw that damn axe." <laughs> yeah, because she found an axe like from like a toy in like Maso Masayoshi's room before, and that's yeah, but it uh, fell into her purse as like yeah. she was giving him some uh, info on, like, a job or something. Yeah, we, we didn't mention that before, but that's where it was kind of set up before. And that's really the only purpose of that scene. Like, she just it's just to show that she knows that he's the Samurai Flamenco. Which then... Uh, but! <laughs> leads, into, leads us into some next stuff here. But as soon as that happens, as soon as he reveals his identity, another person runs in. Joji Kaname. He is a actor... Um, one of his idols, right? Yeah, he, we, we met him earlier on in the series in episode three, right? Then he runs in and says, Look, Masayoshi, this is the work of From Beyond. They are an alien organization, and they gave torture the ability to make monsters. And then Joji knew this. And then, and then he was forming a team in the background, going around the world to gather the best and the brightest. And this squad is known as the Flamengers. <laughs> and then they reach their secret base. And there is a giant, mysterious floating island floating out of the Tokyo Bay. And this is the base of the organization from beyond. And then we see, like, uh, four, the four kings, or Elite Four, being all like, We will challenge you, Samurai Flamenco. King Torture was only the beginning. Now you have to face us. And then, like, he now gets, like, a Super Sentai team right now here. Ah! After 10,000 years, I'm free! It's time to conquer Earth! Alpha, we just escaped. Prepare for battle. Ah! 
Bruno team of teenagers with attitudes. god there's flamenco yellow well well should we should say they he kind of is like hey i got you all suits and everything and then they go in and then and then they all come out as red and there's an argument about hey but i want to be red no i'm red no i'm red yeah there's like a joke where kaname uh brought all of the rangers in under the under the assumption that they would all be red the leader well, actually, we skipped the other, like, joke here, though. Oh, yeah, the, there's a bit where, like, he's taken Masayoshi to, like, this underground secret organization base that's made to fight these, uh, that's made to protect Japan from these supernatural forces, because that that's a thing that exists now. Like, okay, there's actually, yep. like, a government organization that fights aliens, and it's been here all this yep, time. We, we, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, how did we go from, like, a series about a pretty boy who wants to be a toku vigilante who got upset because he stole an umbrella one time to a secret underground organization made to save Japan. Like, how did we get here? And then there's a bit where he's all like, let me introduce you to your teammates. And then they're all dead because a monster killed him. So he's like, and then he's like, okay, yep. we got a backup team. Like, oh shit, here are the back backups, come in. <laughs> yeah, like, our main ranger team are like the second string rangers right here. Yeah. Like, they're the backups. Yeah, because they were all dead. <laughs> But, like, they're still competent enough, so it's like... <laughs> yeah, because they, cause they get to this base, and then they found that it was uh, inf- infiltrated by this dude who's, who could, like, secrete toxins and spread it all around, which kills, like, a lot of the people in the base. Yeah, and, like, this monster is kind of shaped like a, a perfume bottle, too, with, like, big cartoon lips and everything like that. Yeah. Which, like, like the King Torture monsters are mildly interesting, like... The From Beyond monsters, they all suck. I, I don't like any of the designs. They're, they're, I, their designs feel <laughs> well, almost you don't intentionally like... bad, though. What? You don't like the the uh, obvious joke of the perfume bottle monster? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> it was just all smooching people to death with poison and stuff, turning them to acid or whatever. It's so good, though. <laughs> like, this is the moment where I'm starting to realize he was going, I'm just like, this was written by a crazy person. Like, someone crazy yeah. wrote this. Yeah, and then it gets even crazier because, huh, oh man, they were arguing ab- about themselves, uh, who gets to be the Red Ranger of the group, and then, <laughs> and then, um, Kaname goes away to go fight off this uh, villain, and then, and eventually, we he he quote unquote dies, and they're all like mourning him, and Masayoshi is eventually decided on as the leader. Yep, they, they all put their differences aside so they can fight for their fallen master. Exactly. And how do they uh, go fight their fallen master and try to confront Poison? 
They go full Power Rangers. Yep, so they do. And then as they go to confront Poison, Poison grows to an enormous size. But you know what? The the Flamengers got a little uh, trick up their sleeve, too. They combine into Flamin' Robo! Yep, they pull out a big Megazord to fight uh, the giant uh, perfume bottle. A very crappy-looking Megazord. Yeah, which, by the way, this is where the... Might I add, a very bad-looking robot. Yeah. All of, the, all of the Super Sentai stuff they are showing off here looks like ass. Oh, man, this is where the animation really starts shitting the bed heavily. Oh, my God. There is some really bad animation in this episode. It's really bad-looking. Yeah, everything about this next arc just looks bad. Even though it, even though it gets more ambitious with its story writing, it actually like looks worse for it because they can't mm-hmm. pull off any of the big stuff they're trying to do. Yeah, and I, and I should I should mention that the rest of the uh, the Flum, the Flumrangers, fuck it, Rangers, whatever, I don't care, Flumengers, Flumengers, Flum uh, they're pretty much like your typical Super Sentai Power Rangers type team. You know, you got like the brooding one who's uh, the black who's like the black ranger you have the the cute girl who's like the pink ranger you have the smart one the green ranger and you got like uh, the hot-headed rival who's the blue ranger you know very yeah based, very super standard stuff. issue yeah they even do the thing where like when they're in their civilian outfits they always wear the color of like their ranger color you know yeah, kind of like they... how tommy and power rangers always wears green or red yeah and like the green the green guy has like the green hair and stuff like that yeah and he has like midori in his name which also means green so yeah, there you go. I'm not even going to refer to any of them by their actual character names because they, they I, don't matter. I, I don't even remember I don't remember them. The series is yeah, now they, trying to they, introduce... They do not matter. ...is now trying to do, introduce these four new characters, and you could not care any less about them. Yeah, it's like... Like, even in Power Rangers, when they introduce characters, like, you start to care about them after a while, after, you know, Zordon's all like, bring me special young people to help us fight the forces of evil. But, like, here it's just like... Bring me these special young people to fight the forces of evil. We don't really know much about them other than, like, one of them's a hothead, one of them's smart, one of them's brooding, and the girl likes Red Axe. That's it. Because because this is, like, the third time the series has figured has tried to figure out what it is. Like, we have... This is a new show right now. It's now trying, yeah, well, it's now trying to do Super Sentai stuff. And it's like... It doesn't even feel real to me anymore. Like, I was wondering, like, th- this isn't actually happening right now, is it? We're not going no. full Super Sentai's Power Rangers, are we? Like, it, it felt like I was in, like, some kind of Impractical Jokers sketch where, like, people in the background were just all like, okay, okay, now bring in the, the, the Super, the Flamer Rangers right now. And I'm just like, what? And they're all laughing at me right now. Like, just me freaking out at, like, stuff that there's like, okay, okay, now bring in, bring in a monster. Okay, now have that monster kill the first team. Okay, now have that monster grow very big. Now bring in more monsters right here and have them all fight. It feels like a joke felt- at this point. Like, I, felt- like, you were actively being fucked with. Yeah, it is so overstuffed and like nothing really matters. And need I remind you, we had basically seven episodes beforehand at the beginning of the series where they were just fucking around, basically. Seven episodes that I wish we had back just because like there was actual pacing there and an actual vision. Like there's no vision here. Like I'll probably get back to this later, but it feels all of this feels desperate. Like. Yeah, Man-Globe it feels the like just, they're just throwing stuff at the wall, hoping to see what sticks. Yeah, it's very, and I described this to you, it's like, it's like Vince Russo WCW writing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets even more into this territory as we go. 
bro, let me tell you, we take Masayoshi, you know, Samurai Flamenco, bro, well, we take him, we team him up with some other Rangers, bro, like the Power Rangers, you know, you like Tommy, Power you like Rangers. David Frank, bro, like, have him do you that. Frank, and we're gonna you give got... them a robot, too, because big... robots are, people love robots. People love robots, bro, they, what they also love? Toys. They love toys. We can turn these robots into toys, bro. And hey, let's give the Megazord a dick at one point. Ash. And then have a big monster on a pole match, bro. That's how we end this arc. <laughs> how we end this arc. <laughs> and also, yeah, by the way, at one point, the Megazord gets a dick. Yeah. Briefly. Cool. I, I, I didn't really care too much about it. That, that, that was, I was just like, what? what? I, I was just more confused at that point. Like, yeah, it's not a like, visual thing that you could, like, make a conclusion to. They don't make a joke about it. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, just, like, like the King Torture arc, we're just introduced to, like, monster after monster, and then they're just immediately taken out with no fanfare. Like, in the episode after the Rangers were formed, we defeat all the rest of, like, the four kings. But then they're all like, uh, no, we have more monsters hiding. We have over hundreds of thousands of monsters ready to fight you, Rangers, and take over the world. Well, where it gets really frustrating, though, is that while all of this Ranger stuff is happening, nothing is really happening with the cast that was established before. Other than the fact that Mari is now yeah. depressed and hiding out with Goto and, like, avoiding her friends. That's it. Yeah, Goto yeah. doesn't do anything. Mari doesn't do anything. Uh, I don't think Harazuka Hira uh, does anything. No, since no. Uh, Masayoshi's with the Rangers now, he doesn't need his gadgets anymore. So he's uh, sidelined for like the rest of this arc. So, so yeah, for the, yeah, for, the for these six episodes, it's just Masayoshi Kaname, Kaname, who's like now like a commander, even though he was the joke character before. Yeah, no, now he's mm -hmm. he's the leader of this secret underground organization. Like, I guess this was part of his big plan to summon someone to be the Red Ranger. Oh, what a twist! Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> and these four rangers you don't care about. No. And, like, more monsters just keep showing up. Like, like that. I guess that counts as a joke where we think, like, oh, Elite Four, Four Heavenly Kings. But it's all like, no, we have, like, hundreds of thousands of separate organizations. And under them, each organization has, like, their own set of monsters. So there's, like, over several hundred thousand monsters coming to take over Japan and destroy everything in a big all-out attack. I guess that I guess that in a joke is I guess that's a yeah. joke in itself because it's just so over the top. Well, also it is. Well, also they're trying to pull it back and say like, oh, it's actually a giant army of monsters we got to defeat. Realistically, we can't do yeah. this week to week. Yeah, and, and I guess like you know a lot of Sentai and Precure they tend to like reveal new villains near the very end. So I guess that's like why they they're doing that too, just to give you that twist or whatever. But then like it leads to some serious stuff because then there's a point where like the rangers find out about this all-out attack, and then they're like, we need to warn the people. But then the Japanese government's all like, no, we can't warn the people because it'll cause mass hysteria. Don't say anything. So instead, we're going to save all of the government officials and you rangers and maybe five other people. Decide that amongst yourselves, and then we'll tell everyone right when the attack happens. Yeah, you, yeah, you say that, but like each Flamenger gets like the opportunity to say to five people in their lives and put them in a base before everything gets announced to the general public. And that's like an actual serious thing where it's all like, if the world's going to end, which five people would you save? And like Masayoshi's assigned like, okay, I'd save Goto. Uh, he's got a girlfriend. I'd save her. 
save Ishihara, uh, I save uh, the Aiel girls. Oh man, that's more than five. Like, this is a serious, a serious problem right here. Yeah. Like, even the other Rangers are all like, uh, well, I can save my my uh, sibling, but oh, they're married. They are also having multiple kids. That's going to be more than five. Like, what do we do here? It's like he's realizing it, it, he can't like, save everyone. But it's like a real moment where he's realizing that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the the the. He's realizing, oh, governments don't actually care about their citizens. Governments exactly. don't actually care. And also the fact that, try as you may, you can't save everyone in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and actually serious. Yeah. Eventually it ends up like when they gather to, you know, discuss who all they manage to decide to save. None of them did. They're all like, we can't no, save everyone. Yeah, they all decide not to not to actually save everyone, and they say, like, oh, we're just gonna stand and fight or whatever. But, like, it's at this point where I started to think, like, I don't care, because knowing this show's track, track record, they're just gonna pull something else out of their ass that just kind of nullifies everything that happened before it. I felt the same way. It's like none of this was going to have any kind of consequence, because, because we have, what, like, ten more episodes to go, and you just know... That there's going to be another big development. Yeah, yeah, we've, yeah, we've already been through this "fool me once, shame on you" routine. Yeah, this whole series is is more like "fool me three times, shame on you." Yeah, because because now at this point when you're watching, you're starting to think, wait, how is this going to change around again? Yeah, because at at another point, uh, Kaname he actually bails and leaves, and you think that oh, he ran away because he's a coward, and now the Rangers have to fight for themselves. But like again. I know what you're going to do, series. It don't matter. None of this matters. So how does this play out? So, eventually, it's... So basically, like, as you mentioned, Mikey, after, uh, excuse me, after Kaname disappears, uh, Masayoshi's actually uh, scheduled for a talk show appearance that next morning, right? Yep. So he says... So he's had enough of this, and he decides to tell the to like tell the entire country who's watching this, leave. You need to evacuate. They're coming Which to conquer of course, the world. This is off the government. It's like a waste of his war of the worlds moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then immediately, as this happens, from beyond it just makes a mass call to like all the cell phones in the area. And saying that, confirming that, yes, this attack will happen tomorrow morning. And of course, the Prime Minister, they go declare a state of emergency and all that stuff. <clears throat> and then Masayoshi gets picked up, who gets picked up, and then he feels responsible for all of this. So he, he Kono, and his agent, they do a little live stream from his uh, room and just and he's talking about how everyone just stay calm uh be be a hero reach your shelters uh all your go to your New York police station those will be your designated shelters etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah yeah go to the police whom you like love and trust yeah don't you love the police <laughs> they will protect you all that's what they're there for they, they went will. fucking cut and run and all this either yeah like where is the all of like the mass hysteria like everyone's actually kind of calm about this we at any yeah, point which, even see them with, like, really the actual surprising. military? No, we don't see them. They they do say they're gonna, like, send out, like, uh, the Japanese Defense Force, but, like, they don't. They just, like, stick to the they're, Rangers. 
Though I guess you do see there some was tanks a here tank, and there. I believe. Yeah, you, you see some tanks, and like, other than that, it's just usually the cops with their guns firing against these monsters. Yeah. These really stupid looking monsters. Yeah. And it's like, I feel, I also feel like at this point, I started to realize that this is probably like the hardest show I've ever had to watch for anime, baby. Because like, I sat through 51 episodes of Black Clover. I watched all of Blade Runner Black Lotus twice. And neither of those can compare to like me watching this and just seeing this going on right now. It was that painful for you? It was just like, <laughs> I, I, I felt like really? I was going insane. I felt like a crazy person. Like, I just could not believe what was happening. Yeah. Like, I wasn't mad or anything. I was just stunned and shocked. Like, this man globe, these yeah. people had the audacity to air this and think, yeah, this is a good television show. People would love this. People won't question their own sanity. I'm just like, remember those first seven episodes? Those feel like a million years ago at this point. Oh, that feels like heaven now compared to this. Yeah, yeah I, I would rather Man. go back to Umbrella Problems over any of this right now. You were you were actually saying last week how you watched a few minutes of episode 11. You just had to turn it yes, off because like, you I, were just going insane. Yeah, I had just finished the King Torture arc. I just started episode 11. And, like, I got about two, three minutes in, and I'm just like, I can't deal with this anymore. I stopped it, went to go watch Pretty Care to just kind of, like, cleanse my mind. But then when I picked it back up, uh -huh. you know, the site I use actually saved my spot. So when I picked it back up, it started right as, like, Red Axe revealed, like, oh, we have a secret organization now. So I stopped right before it got super nuts one time. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I was the opposite. I actually, I was enamored with all this. <laughs> I was actually kind of having. I was too. I, I was just, lost in the sauce. I was. I was like yucking yeah, it up I, as to like the sheer audacity of all this. Like, wow, you're really was, going there. You're really doing this. This is what this is actually happening at, on your screen right now. Yeah, I was just, I was just laying there for like hours. Like, okay, yeah, let's let's just keep going. Because at the end of the episode, I was like. Might as well keep going, baby. We're like, in the sauce, baby. Let's like, go. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm gonna humor you from now on. Go ahead. What are you gonna do next? What are you gonna do next? How are you? How are you gonna face plant next, Samurai Flamenco? Like you were humoring it. I was just dumbfounded. Like I could not believe it. And like thinking about that all-out attack, like I was thinking, like, okay, what's the next big twist? And in my mind, I was really hoping for that all-out attack to just be like, just for them to turn turn this into like third impact from Evangelion, just like completely destroy the world in like a big fucked up sequence where everyone turns into like tang i'm just like why not you, you, you've done everything else up to this point i wouldn't put it past the series to do that yeah why not do some ava level shit or some akira level shit hell even mari kind of looks a bit like asuka she has the same hair color same <laughs> hairstyle just have a, just yeah, end it all with go. like uh masayoshi choking her on a beach and she says i feel sick kimochi warui <laughs> Is that a spoiler? <laughs> it's it's an old ass show. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> I I still haven't seen it. Also, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it'll be innocuous then. But then, anyhow, but then, like you know, Rangers—they're all gonna fight this by themselves. But then, it it turns into a moment where it just basically turns into like the climax of Rise of Skywalker, where like Red Axe returns and he's brought in. All of these other tokusatsu super sentai heroes, like these TV show characters, which we did see at one point, were actually TV show characters. Like Masayoshi's guest starred in one of their one of their episodes, but it turns out, yeah. no, all of these heroes you see on TV fighting monsters in rubber suits, they're actually real superheroes. 
and these real superheroes are going to protect the people of Japan from these real monsters. We have actual Toku Super Sentai heroes, like, so, again, It's like what? a real-life Avengers. What? Yeah, in the kayfabe of this show, <laughs> these TV show characters, you know, fighting monsters in rubber suits, they're real, like, their characters are real, they can do real things, like, real powers, like, we see the the Sunshine character that Masayoshi loves defend Goto and, like, his uh, police precinct from monsters using his, like, Sunshine powers. Like, that actually happens. We see Rangers, we see Ultraman-type guys, we see Gridman-type guys. Like, any Sentai Toku he- hero you can think of, they're real. They all Avengers assemble to, like, defend Japan from these hundreds of thousands of monsters. And you have so many questions. How? I mean, I I just kind of went with it, because it's like, for me, I was like, all right, I mean, it doesn't seem like that out of step, like, considering the whole thing about Samurai Flamenco being a real hero, yet a fake, you know, or, like, was going to be a real hero. Like, the blending of the real and tokusatsu, you know, TV show stuff becoming real hero. That didn't feel too out of place for me. I mean, me. now. Like, Red Axe was a hero. I, but when you think about it, it's like, really? Okay. None of this makes sense. Also, like, if this is now the case, like, why did it take until Masayoshi to, like, bring these real-life heroes out of hiding? Or, or were, like, were there actual monsters in the background? Like, were those TV shows actually documentaries? Like, w- what what was going on? Like how are how are these rangers and Toku heroes actually real? Like like were they were they actual heroes working as regular civilians and not doing any real world hero work? And they were just waiting for this day when an alien army would come out of the yeah, sky. Yeah, like, like were their TV shows actually just you know just that TV shows, or were they like no, these are actual monsters and we have a film crew filming them, and it just so happens to like work as an episode of a TV show or something. No. There is an explanation later in the series. There is, but it's so dumb. But it's but it doesn't do mm-hmm. anything to remedy this. It just raises more questions. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking dumb. So yeah, all of Tokusatsu out there, it's all real. And and all the characters are here to make an army. And they're gonna save the day. They're gonna defeat from beyond. But that's not all. They actually then yep. lead the normal citizens of Japan to fight alongside these evil menaces. Because, you know, if you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah, like, now, now like, citizens are rising. It seems irresponsible. Yeah, it's very irresponsible. Yeah, and, and the cops are, like, are, like, saving the day, too. And, they, and like, oh, this this all looks like propaganda to Yeah, me. no, you have the cops saluting the heroes and the heroes saluting the cops. Like, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for your service. Oh, it's sickening. I, I felt like I was going to barf at one point watching this. Well, yeah, Harakiri yeah. Sunshine loves the police. Why don't you? Harakiri Sunshine says, love the cops. So they. So the thing is, this From Beyond attack, they bring in this device called... Oh my god, I can't believe I'm even going to say this. The Destruction of Japan device. Yep, that's what it's called. Yeah, and then... Oh my god, they, it, it, they take it and they drill it into Mount Fuji, which would cause it to erupt. And that's their plan, is to force Fuji to go off. 
Which, by the way, I believe that was also an Evangelion episode where they fought an angel inside an active volcano. Yeah, so it yeah, might be aping off that a little that. bit. Also, I think the uh, the destruction of Ch Japan weapon is a bit it's a bit like the uh, the angel that Shinji and uh, Ray fight that's kind of drilling into uh, Tokyo Three. It's got kind of a look like that. A little bit like that. And it's kind of doing the same thing, you know, drilling straight into Mount Fuji to cause it to erupt. Would an eruption really destroy all of Japan, yeah. though? I mean. Is Fuji really that strong of a volcano when it was active? I don't think any one volcano in the world is enough to destroy, like, an entire island nation. Maybe it's like a thing where, like, if you put a... If, it feels like a James Bond plan where, like, we're gonna blow up the this core of this one volcano that'll then set off all volcanoes in the world. Well, or maybe it will trigger... Good. Or maybe it will trigger uh, some sort of shockwave that will, like, erupt from it and, like, crack the earth all across yeah, the Yeah, cause, like, destroy it. earthquakes and stuff and maybe. whatnot. I don't know. I'm putting more thought into this than the writers did. They just say, like, big weapon, destroy Japan. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Yeah, that's basically all you need to know. So they're going to take on the uh, device, and they've defeated a lot of these weapons. Or, I'm sorry, a lot, of these, uh, a lot of these monsters. But there's one that's remaining, right? Yep. We get a call. Masayoshi gets a phone call. Ring. Hey, I want to talk to you. Come outside and come alone. So he obliges, and they go meet the final member of From Beyond, and his name is Beyond Flamenco. And he looks exactly like Masayoshi. Oh my god, he's liquid flamenco! <laughs> Brother! Yeah, at, at that point... That is when I sent you the shrugging guy emoji. Like, whatever, man. Like, okay, now there's an evil clone out there. Yeah, I was like, evil twin, are you fucking kidding me? I sat there. I sat there for like four minutes, and I'm like, really? You're doing We're doing this? evil twins. All right. Also, he's, he's got like a monster tail, too, to know that he's not human or whatever. But you know what the kicker is? Mm -hmm. This doesn't even matter. No, not at all. No, no, uh, he's just a monster who happens to look like Masayoshi, and he's just the designated uh, spokesman for From Beyond because that's all they needed. They just needed a spokesman, like some guy to walk out here and talk to the big hero. That's it. He's not He's not a leader in any way or anything. And it leads to yeah, so nothing he comes, that he looks like Masayoshi. Yeah. No, and eventually he just kills himself. Well, yeah, and then, and then after that, that causes From Beyond to disappear, and that's basically it for that group <laughs> oh so i guess he was the most important member because after uh, he gets killed like all the other monsters go away yeah but then they also hint like oh there's something even bigger coming yeah like uh, his clone says like do you know what flamenco actually means <laughs> yeah there was that and masayoshi's like no i don't and he's like you'll find out soon and then he shoots himself with masayoshi's blaster yeah and then i i mean i mean like people see that and then they misconstrue it as like Oh, Samurai Flamenco, Masayoshi has been conspiring all along to cause all of this. So it is kind of somewhat of a point that he looks like a him. little bit, but that doesn't come up till a little bit later because, like, it doesn't matter too yeah, much. Yeah, because, like, we see that, oh, From Beyond's defeated, all's well that ends well, the Rangers go their separate ways. And I'm just, I'm just sitting here going, to like, okay, what's the next stupid thing that's going to happen? And just then, wait. And then, right on cue, we see. We see, like, this comic book-style superhero named Mr. Justice, and he's here to protect Masayoshi because then 
all of the cops start swarming him, saying all like, you're under arrest, uh, Fleming Red, and we're going to arrest you and all of your rangers, because it turns out everything that just happened here was a part of one big government conspiracy in order to raise the Japanese government's standing and approval ratings with the people. They were using the rangers, creating these false villains for them to fight, but then they realize, oh, these rangers, they're getting too powerful. They might become troublesome later, so we're going to get rid of them now, you know, treat them, at, say that like, oh, they were the ones behind from beyond. They set this all up, so we're going to capture them, and then once we do that, the people would love us, the government, and then we, we would rule Japan because I, the prime minister, want full 100% support of the people. Yeah, so, yeah, this arc isn't over. There's still, like, two more episodes, and this is where it gets... Look, fucking crazy. To, this, is where, this is where it got, like, seriously crazy for me. Because all of a sudden, the Prime Minister of Japan is now the villain. I kind of, I kind of like this a little <laughs> bit. Like, I think there's a greater point to be made about, like, the government using superheroes to gain approval. No, right? There... Because, like, what are a lot of Marvel movies? They're CIA propaganda, right? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, like Black Panther, like, like that kind of stuff. There's, there's propaganda in there to like support the military and stuff like that. I mean, that's a there's, lot of there's that's a, a lot of Hollywood here. films. That's yeah, a lot of those like tax breaks they get from like showing like the military in a positive light. There's a thread here, but they don't really go down that route. Yeah, there is an idea here because they straight up say that like other countries. Also use superheroes to distract the public. They even accuse America yeah. of doing this to distract to distract yeah, the American public which, away from the Vietnam War and the Gulf War. Yeah, like, exactly. I I saw that and I'm like, Bravo! Yeah, like, you're going somewhere. Like literally, Mr. Justice is talking to Masayoshi and he's all like, Yeah, there are a lot more heroes out there like me, even in America. You know, they're just a means to distract people from <laughs> Vietnam and Iraq. He's literally driving a truck with a giant American flag on it and humming the national anthem. Oh my god, that scene where, like, Masayoshi is trying to contact the rest of the Rangers while Mr. Justice is just being all like, Hey, you seem kind of down. Let me give you some music. And he just starts humming the American national anthem. <laughs> I actually laughed at that. <laughs> you know, like, out of... Out of I thought that was really funny. <laughs> that was one of those moments in the series where I had to sit and wonder, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is Looney. <laughs> this is Looney Tunes right here. Like, what am I watching? This, what is wrong with this show? We're, we're now, we're now, yeah, so... we've now gone from fighting aliens to fighting the Prime Minister. Yeah, and like, you know that, so, you know yeah. that one bit in uh, Linkara's videos where like he freaks out and he plays the song Combine Harvester in the background? I was thinking exactly that. Like, just all this going, going around, and I'm just being all like, I got a brand new combine armor still, and I'll give you the key. It really feels like that. Like, how do we even get here? This is all about a guy who wanted to be a hero because he stole an umbrella. Now we're fighting the Prime Minister. Yeah, so, so now Masayoshi yeah. is, is hunted by the, by the Japanese government. Yeah, he becomes the number one most wanted vigilante in Japan because he was supposedly, quote-unquote, uh over going to overthrow the government with the flamengers and it's just and it's kind of just the the, the government and his cabinet who's saying all this and the the the, the japanese public is like yeah yeah if the government's yeah it must get be his ass 
Yeah, they, they they really portray the the Japanese people as being very sheepish here, very easily swayed. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Oh, and by the way, in the background, we we, we resolve the Mari stuff. She reunites with her friend. She gets her smile back. All is good. Smooches all around. Yeah, that just get gets resolved off screen. Yeah, and I wanted to be watching yeah, that. It was like Mari yeah, was, that, had actually that could have done something. Yeah, Mari actually went through a traumatic like event, and like she got humbled, and like there's a moment where she goes back to King Torture's base. And tries to, like, you know, come to terms with this and, like, vomits in and stuff. And then, like, Moe and Mizuki show up and we're all, they're all like, I'm sorry for what happened. Let's make, let's make out, make out and make up. But yeah, I yeah, wanted to watch more of that than, like, what any of what was happening here. Yeah. Also, Goto and Harazuka show back up again. Oh, finally. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> to help uh, Masayoshi. You know, all the friends are helping that, helping him uh, rise up and free the other rangers and uh, stop the prime minister. And their plan to stop the prime minister is to um, just walk in on the diet and uh, uh, confront him. Yeah. And yeah, they literally, their, their plan is literally just January sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just do a small team, like a small team six. <laughs> and they pull their own January six. Goto-san, 1776. <laughs> <laughs> Where we go fire. Oh my god. Yeah, where was Q Ranger at the January 6th uprising? <laughs> oh motherfucker. <laughs> now I'm just imagining the QAnon shaman with like Ranger outfit with like the horns and shit coming out. Oh lord. <laughs> Uh, Wait a minute, who are you? Why, I'm Jimmy Pesto Ranger. <laughs> and I'm QT Ranger. <laughs> Real Pink Ranger. Uh, how is there not already a Q Ranger out there? Yeah, how is there not? <laughs> there probably is. If so, they're not making big oh enough my... No, they're too busy turning Trump into Captain America. <laughs> I'm selling out of tease of it. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Why man. does every podcast we do go back to January 6th? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, the, the hero's plan is very simple. Walk into the diet and beat up the Prime Minister. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's their plan. So that's the plan. And you know what? Okay. So they get there and it it kind of works. You're like, the Prime Minister's like, Masayoshi. I've been waiting for you. Why does he sound like Vince McMahon? Because, <laughs> yeah, damn, because pal. like, okay, so like, goddamn. So like, the whole the whole bit of this is they were the whole bit of this is that they were trying to pass this anti superhero bill that would outlaw all vigilante kind of forms of superhero justice. Yeah, it's right? the Keen Act from Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. So they arrive in the office, or the office there, the diet, and then Okuzaki, the prime minister, does, God, God, God damn, pal, what are, you, what are you doing here? I've been waiting for you. And then, oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to say this here. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about Take to your say time. this shit. <laughs> it's okay. One moment, one moment, let me, let me, let me compose myself here. Okay, the prime minister... We learned 
he gets he gets this mech suit <laughs> that is powered by the support from the public, and it starts attacking Masayoshi. Clarity pole powered power suit. Like he, he, he's solid as snake. He is solid as snake. The prime minister is yeah. solid as. <laughs> With the power suit and everything. (laughs) And not only that, but like he's also been a Senator Armstrong from Rising too. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Oh my god. He's the popularity son. (laughs) Popularity. We need to weed out the weak to bring out the strong. This is how I'll make Japan great again, Jack. Motherfucker. Used to play college ball. Could have gone pro, but I went to the Navy. (laughs) I do need capital. And votes. Wanna know why? I have a dream. What? That one day, every person in this nation will control their own destiny. A land of the truly free, dammit. A nation of action, not words, ruled by strength, not committee. Where the law changes to suit the individual, not the other way around. Where power and justice are back where they belong, in the hands of the people. Where every man is free to think, to act for himself. Fuck all these lunatic lawyers and chicken shit bureaucrats. Fuck this 24-7 internet spew of trivia and celebrity bullshit. Fuck American pride. Fuck the media. All of it! America's diseased, rotten to the core. There's no saving it. We need to pull it out by the roots. Wipe the slate clean. Burn it down! And from the ashes, a new America will be born! Evolved, but unchanged! The weak will be purged, and the strongest will thrive, free to live as they see fit. They'll make America great again! What the hell are you talking about? And, yeah, Samurai Flamenco fights the Prime Minister of Japan, who is a toku villain now. Yep, powered by the support of the public. And eventually... I love the bit where like uh, his suit actually arises from like uh, present from like prime minister portraits in another room, firing lasers from their eyes to summon the army. It's like by the power of Shinzo Abe, <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> that was yeah, literally great. power to the people. Oh man! Then in that case, like uh, Masayoshi should have just brought out like a homemade gun or something. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, going back to that joke. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you, you should have made your own like Nerf gun. Yeah, <laughs> Masayoshi. Your own science fair project that just so happens to shoot. Yeah, that bullets. probably would have smoked the president. Yeah. <laughs> oh my oh. word! Nerf for nothing. <laughs> oh. oh, as this as this fight is going on, right? 
of course, this is being ad- being broadcast all over Japan, right? And people are, and and then the prime minister is going off about how bad the heroes are and how Samurai Flamenco is the one that got us all in this mess. And his numbers just keep rising and rising and rising and rising. And he eventually gets to 99%. He can't get to 100. Why? There's Why? Because Goto won't support him. And Masayoshi won't support him either. So, and eventually the Prime Minister just orders all the cameras to go off. Right? But there's... But they are still broadcasting because there's one mic on. And, yep, and, the, uh, and Masayoshi was, uh... talks about the whole plan, everything. And the support just keeps waning and waning and waning. Yeah, the prime minister was all like, wait a minute, it's going down. What's happening? And then he sees like in the corner, Kono is actually filming this on his phone and live streaming it. So like the prime minister basically said, his entire yep. plan out to the, the people of Japan. You know, I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this country die. <laughs> and then the people right. are all like, hey, fuck this guy. He sucks. And then he starts losing his support, which in turn, he starts losing his powers, which leaves him open for like a, a big final Tokusatsu Super Sentai kick from uh, Masayoshi and Goto. Hey, he, by the end, he still had the conservative support. Yeah, he still had that. Yeah, he still had that power. I really wish he there was a joke there to say that. Like, I still have the power of the conservative party in Japan. I still have a little bit of power. I gerrymandered all of these districts in order to, like, lean them towards the red states. <laughs> <laughs> but then, as soon as the prime minister is defeated, we get another turn where the prime minister says, You fool! Don't you realize what I was doing here? I was trying to power up and become a powerful villain because, because Mr. Justice, we need to defeat him. He is an alien flamenco and his race has replaced all of the world's leaders with all of these evil people. And the prime minister was the only one who could defeat all of these heroes. You idiot. So they step outside, and Masayoshi, the others, they look up. There's a giant spaceship. And then Mr. Justice appears before them. off. Fuck off. (laughs) And then (laughs) Mr. Justice appears before them. I hate this. (laughs) Mr. Justice appears before them, and he turns into, like, an evil-looking alien guy just saying, like, it's me, I'm the villain. It's like, I'm just going here like, of course there's more. There's always a bigger fish. Is anything (laughs) real in the show? It's me! At this this point, you gotta be tired. It was me! Oh, (laughs) Oh, son of a bitch. What? (laughs) And, like, him saying, like, all of the world leaders are alien flamencos now, and I'm, I'm just like, everything's flamenco. Am I a flamenco? Are you a flamenco? Who's to say we're not all flamencos? We're all samurai flamenco. You're a samurai flamenco right now. You listening to this podcast? Look behind you. Oh, your friends are samurai flamencos. Everything is flamencos. Oops, all flamencos. Look at that (laughs) inoxaparin you take every day. Like, that's flamenco. That's got flamenco in it. That that, that water you're drinking right now? That's also a flamenco. That burger you ate? Flamenco. The TV? Flamenco. Flamenco vision. Putting flamenco in the water to turn frogs gay. (laughs) To turn us all into game flamencos. 
The frogs. So now we're fighting an alien now. And yep. this was this is the exact moment where I cracked. Like seeing this all happen, I just started laughing like a crazy person. Like I was just crying laughing for like minutes Same. on end. I was like, what are you doing here? Like I could not believe And we aren't even yeah. done yet. Oh no. Yeah, it goes for there are one, two, three, four. Five more episodes left of this. And this show has already had, like, three different endings. It's like it goes from funny to, like, confusing all the way back to funny again. <laughs> That's the cycle of the series. And it, there's even a moment where, like, even the show is calling out its own bullshit. Where, like, the Flamenco girls are all like, at this point, this is starting to get old. They should try something different. <laughs> it's like, when yeah, your show is pointing out how stupid you are, then maybe you should change some things. Yeah, maybe you should have stuck to another plan. You should have stuck to the first seven episodes. <laughs> And then after that, fuck Jesus you, space. Christ. Samurai Flamenco, go it's space, space time. Alien Flamenco. Flamenco in space, baby. Let's go. And we don't even get a battle to start off this final conflict. I don't even know where to go, right? I don't even know what happens here. We get a moment this, where... This, this episode is fucking... Oh, my God. I, I okay, maybe, maybe I can try to explain ridiculous. what happens here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I can yeah, try to explain. Because like, I feel like I'm the only sane one here. <laughs> I I I cracked about an I cracked about an hour ago. <laughs> okay, I'll pick up here. So uh, Masayoshi uh, goes up uh, to the moon. <laughs> to the moon, Alice. Yep. And, uh, to and the moon. He, and he talks to Alien Flamenco, and Alien Flamenco projects uh, an illusion of a riverbank in Japan because his rationale is that. Uh, people are more honest when they confess their feelings near a riverbank in Japan. Because you see that in every yeah. show, whatever, it's meta. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of got a little laugh out of me. <laughs> but he yeah, sits that's, down, that's kind of and Samurai Flamenco sits down as well, and they just kind of talk. It's like an Invincible moment, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like Invincible is talking to uh, Alan the Alien or whatever. <laughs> so they sit down, 
And the alien is trying to explain to Masayoshi that uh, every other form of life throughout the universe has evolved up to a certain point and has uh, evolved to a certain level or something. And uh, eventually they all uh, kind of combine together and become one being who is this alien flamenco guy. He was one species that did that. And he's been waiting for Masayoshi and their species in the human race to eventually reach an evolutionary level where they all want to, they will all combine into one entity or something. And so this is where we get the explanation. Apparently all the fantastic stuff we have seen so far in the series has been the result of alien flamenco. Because, or actually, no, 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 no. Like, uh, he, he was actually the one who empowered, I think he was the one that empowered uh, King Torture and From Beyond. And was actually the one who sponsored them to, to do all of this. And to and to basically push push all of all of human society through Tokusatsu to reach an evolutionary level, and that he's going to choose Masayoshi to be the representative of the species and combine all of humanity into him or something. And Masayoshi says, "No, I don't want to do that because you're evil. <laughs> that would be an evil thing to do, and I'm not going to yeah. be evil." And then, like, even Alien Flamenco is all like, but this sounds good. And he's and Masayoshi's like, yeah, that does sound good, but I don't like the way you said it. You sound evil. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying, yeah, he, he's he's going off instinct. He's like, my, my heroic instinct is telling me that you're evil. This is evil. I'm not going to do this. That's your fucking motivation. That's your motivation. It's so I, stupid, I don't man. know whether this is supposed to be intentionally funny, like parody. Or, or whether they're trying to be serious. I don't know yeah, what is I, serious parody in the series. Yeah, exactly. I, That's the show. Of course, it comes back to that. Of course, none of us are really super familiar with all of the toku whatevers and stuff. But hey, it gets I don't this know. crazy. No, it doesn't. This convoluted. No, like I'm watching Pretty Cure right now, and like the main villain is revealed to be a guy who's like got wronged in his past, and now he's like controlling all the world's food supply in order to like get them to like follow him. Yeah, normal tokusatsu doesn't require this many, this many jumps in logic. This, yeah, I don't think this so much, either. This this much complex thinking, like, why is it so complex by this point? Yeah, or like uh, going back to Go Buster, like the whole crux of that whole show is like the evil organization wants to gather enough energy to like release their leader out into the world, and they need the energy to do it. That's it. Like here, it's all like we want to help humans evolve to their true form. But we need you to tell us if you want to do it. And he's like, I don't want to do it because it ain't right. Ah, uh, <laughs> Like, what are, what are they trying to be here? Are they, oh, man. Are they trying to be like a tokusatsu evangelion or something right here? Like, try to say they have a message in, like, what is, like, a deconstruction of the genre or something? It feels like that, but boy, howdy, do they not nail it at all. It's like, yeah, I don't see how any of this is, like... It's like they subverting the genre. It's like they want to be Ava, but they don't know how it works. It's like I need someone it's, to explain this to me. Yeah, it's like Vince Russo writing a freaking anime deconstruction. <laughs> Literally. Oh my god. And then in the end, they just start fighting. Like Alien Flamenco goes really big. They go up to the moon, and then and then, and then freaking Masayoshi uses his giant blow up magic on himself to become a giant version of himself which 
Yeah, he grows oh, like that... Ultraman. Yeah, well, yeah, Messiah yeah, yeah, yeah. uses the, the crystal he got from King Torture to evolve himself, but he's evolving for good because he's going to use that power to defeat uh, Alien Flamenco, and he does. Yeah, and then yeah, he well, punches well, Alien Flamenco up into space, and then he flies away like Harz at the end of JoJo Part 2. Yep, just just yeets him off into space, and it just ends up stranded on the moon. And by the way, all of this with Alien Flamenco, this was one whole episode. Yeah. It wasn't this... even... That was half of an episode, motherfucker. That oh, yeah, was yeah, barely an episode. episode. That was half... Yeah, you at home probably think, like, oh, they were probably describing, like, multiple episodes near the end. No, no it was, was only like, ten minutes. This is, like, s- barely 50% of a whole episode. Yeah, all of this is so fucking incredibly compressed. And then we get another reveal, because, you know, Masayoshi, he's def- he he wins the day, but he's, like, very tired and, and exhausted. And then he wakes up in what appears to be his childhood home. And he meets God. Yeah, or as it's called. I don't yeah. mean, no, I don't mean that he dies, or that he meets his maker. He meets... He just... He meets, meets God. God. Or uh, the will of the universe, as they call themselves, who then takes the form of Harukiri Sunshine as, like, you know, someone that Masayoshi trusts, but then they transform into Ishihara and then into Masay- Masayoshi's grandfather. And then they basically explain to Masayoshi that everything that ever happened to him was because he willed it into existence. You know, like, he wanted to fight monsters, so then King Torture shows up. He wanted to form a ranger team, so uh, From Beyond shows up and fights rangers. He wanted to fight an even bigger monster, so Alien Flamenco came down after he fought the Prime Minister. Like, it basically... This is like Haruhi Suzumiya logic, where, like, everything weird that happens in that show is because Haruhi subconsciously wants it to happen. So, subconsciously, Masayoshi wanted all of this to happen, and it did happen because the will of the universe, I don't know, likes the cut of his jib. Yeah, and we didn't even get a cool ending theme song out of it. No. <laughs> we didn't get an iconic Hari Hari Yukai. Yeah, where's the Hari Hari Yukai? <laughs> yeah, we get, instead we get C tier, no, no, no. We get like D tier normal card love live. Yeah. Also, like, during this moment where the will of the universe God is talking to Masayoshi, we see that in his uh, backyard is like all of the all of the monsters and rangers and toku heroes that he's fought with and fought alongside and fought against. They're like all action figures now. So like that's kind of like how they represent that they're all like fictionalized that they're not real in this sense. Which by the way, as I saw that, I was like, I swear to god, if all of these come to life and start saying congratulations, I'm going to scream. Oh god. That was a uh, that that felt like a non-zero possibility. Just all the monsters like grow big, and they're all like Omedito, Masayoshi-kun, Omedito. Yeah, d- don't. Yeah, yeah d- don't rule out anything at this point. I, <laughs> I certainly was. I wouldn't put it past it. I wouldn't put it past. Well, it I was one third but impact then, before. And then part of me also remembers there's still four more episodes to go. We're not done. The series has ended no. four times at this point, and we're not done. Well, let's let's wrap yeah, up. Uh, that, let's wrap up the uh, Super Sentai. And this has only quick. been. And this has only been what like. 16 minutes, 17 minutes into this episode. So God gives Masayoshi a choice. I can either send you back to Earth and uh, still give you further adventures, uh, or I or I can just uh, give you, I can grant you world peace. I can bring things back to normalcy. I can make the world how it was back in episode 7. He gives him, like, a persona question right here. 
He does. He really does. Yeah. Really. Do you want to really, really do you want to continue on doing are. like cool superhero stuff, or do you want to like have actual boring world peace? And Masayoshi chooses world peace. And we're just back to normal now. It's as if the last eleven episodes of this twenty-two episode series never even happened. I want to. Yeah, we need to clarify that they are now in the final four episodes of the series, and everything that has happened this far, from like episode seven to seventeen, has been like all caused by God, and they now just undid all of that, and now we are back to the down-to-earth story writing of the original first seven ep- six or seven episodes. Like, in the next, epi- next four episodes, they'll reference the stuff that happens. They'll say, like, oh, Masayoshi, you fought aliens and monsters, and you fought the Prime Minister. Oh, yeah, it all still happened. Yeah, it, it happened, but we're not doing that anymore. There's a, yeah, we're, there's we're a, going back to normal. There's even a subplot that doesn't get followed up on where apparently because of everything that happened, the world wants to form a one unified world government. Oh, yeah! I and they want Masayoshi that. to be the president of the world. Like, yeah, what? Like Nixon in Futurama. Yeah. Yeah, that, that happens... strange to me. Yeah, that happens at the start of at the uh, next episode, because, like, he's been... He's been... I don't think he's been running, but, like, he... But, like, the people are wanting to will him into this. Yeah, I think... I think they're, all, like, they're all gonna try and do a write-in. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, see how far that goes. They're trying to Kanye West him. (laughs) Hey, man, a vote for Masayoshi is still a vote for Trump. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) But, but like, yeah, other than a few small nods and references to what happened, we're just back to normal. To the point where it's it's where I believe that everything that just happened was, like, a last-minute decision in the production and the series was originally just going to be those first seven episodes and those last four episodes, you know, make a solid 11-episode anime. But to go through all of that oh, still, to still yeah. do all of that, that that takes more vision than that. I don't think, I, I personally don't subscribe to that, that it was all last I, minute. I'm siding with you, Ryan. It could have been, like, another plan. Like, the, the first seven episodes and the last four were the initial plan, but then as production went on, they started to add the rest of the stuff. To kind of fill in the blanks or something. I just don't think that add some more sizzle to know. it. I don't know. I, I, it takes I, a lot of planning to plan out like the, the, those ten episodes that we just saw. That doesn't just come out of anyone's ass. Well, I just it does I just come out of someone's that. ass. That's for sure. But again, we 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 don't really know. We don't know. We don't know the minds of these creators because no one wants to talk about this, and for good reason, I guess. <laughs> Like, you bring up this to, like, uh, the director and writer, and they're all like, Samurai, what? What? What is Samurai Flamenco? I, I don't even know what this is. Well, now it's going to be our mission to, uh, you know, hopefully find this director one day if they ever decide to travel to the U.S. for an anime convention and ask them, what the hell was going on with Samurai Flamenco? Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're a guest at, like, Otakon or something, like, and, they're all, and we stand up in line for questions, and it's like, yeah, I got a question. What was the deal with Samurai Flamenco? What was that? What was that all about? Rangers, be like, torture, what the fuck, man? Samurai Flamenco, dot, dot, dot. Explain. <laughs> so, how, how so, do we close should, this? How do we start to close this? So, okay, should yeah. we get in? We got to get into this subplot here about uh, Hidden Nori and Ergoto. Oh, yeah, so, because we still... It's Yeah, still, we got to get into yeah, this, this though. Yeah. yeah, this because, is, actually... Because while the series nuts, while the series is now sane, relatively speaking, 
we still get little bits of weirdness and crazy. That being, uh, throughout the series, Goto, he's been uh, texting his girlfriend, his uh, not-seen girlfriend throughout the series, you know, just kind of like talking to her, you know, getting some advice about what to do with Masayoshi and uh, everything that's been going on. And yeah, he, he, so he calls up his girlfriend and he's like, hey, babe, it's it, world peace has been achieved. What I can, the fuck? I can, yeah. fi I can finally hey, come hey, visit. Hey, babe, you up? <laughs> hey, babe, he's down to smash. <laughs> I don't know if my parents aren't home. I'll be right there. <laughs> So Goto finally gets to see his girlfriend. Yeah, because the world's kind of peaceful. He's got some downtime. Might as well travel back and go see him. And so uh, Goto, his girlfriend, lives in his uh, hometown, so he goes to travel there. But Masayoshi, he's very curious about who this uh, unseen girlfriend is. And then Mari joins in, too, because, you know, she's got a crush on Goto and, like, his uh, being a cop guy. Yeah, she's got a little bit of a stalker streak to her. Yeah. Yeah, they take a train over to uh, Masayoshi's hometown, and there's some antics on the train because they're in disguise, and they're worried about the press seeing them together. And like, oh, if we're seen, it'd be suicide for our career. Really? <laughs> At this point? I think you're Teflon, man. I think, I think you'll get through it. I mean, a lot of people out there would vote for the guy banging a 16-year-old uh, girl or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, Matt Gates. Uh, <laughs> freaking beavis face motherfucker but uh yeah we we have this episode where masayoshi and mari uh go out into the countryside where goto lives and they try to find um and they try to find him and like what's what's going on with his girlfriend they want to meet this lady because we've heard so much about them we then get a pretty big reveal about goto because they interact with goto's mother and she reveals that like oh goto's girlfriend she's not around she went missing back when they were in high school years ago yeah she doesn't exist i think i think you guys need to know the truth of what happened so yeah you she then explains to masayoshi and uh, mari that goto had a girlfriend back in high school who went missing and that he has been thinking about her ever since then and it's finally revealed on screen and like through the text and stuff. It's actually shown quite well. Like even without like words, you can understand this. That yeah. Goto has been texting himself all this time, and that he has never actually had a girlfriend. He is talking to himself as his girlfriend, and has been imagining her to be around all this time. Yep, he's been doing this as like a, a coping me mechanism because like yeah. Bill wants to believe she's out there and she's waiting for him, but like he doesn't. He doesn't want to realize that she is, in fact, gone forever. And when Masayoshi and Mari yeah. try to confront him about this, when he's, like, sitting at the bus stop where he last saw his girlfriend, they try to confront him, and Goto gets fucking pissed. Yeah, like, Mari he steals his... his mind. Yeah, Mari steals his phone, she starts looking through all the texts, and seeing all, like, oh, this was... She didn't send these. He sent these to himself. And then Goto just gets upset, he's like, you shouldn't have seen that. And then Masayoshi confronts him about it later, and he gets really pissed that he starts, like, almost fighting him about it. He's like, how fucking dare you, like, come into my, like, business right here? How fucking dare you? Yeah, it's just like, this is my business. And, like, in, and, like there's even a moment where, like, we see a full flashback to, like, Goto and his girlfriend spending time together, and, like, the moment she went missing, and, like, the moment he realized that he started texting himself. Like, even a really, actually kind of sad scene where, like, his mother tries to put an end to this by burning the cell phone of uh, his girlfriend because 
uh, the father held on to the cell phone and he kept getting texts from mm -hmm. Goto and he's like, look, you got to stop doing this. I'll give you the phone, but please stop. But he just kept going. And then the mother wants to like destroy this, put an end to this. And Goto is like, no, she's still out there. Grabs the phone and like burns his own hand trying to like save it. And he still keeps it to this day. And then he just, but yeah. then he just realizes afterwards, oh, I can just text myself. Yeah, I don't need the other phone. And he just keeps it up. And he's done so all these years. And he only became a cop because he wanted to like, I don't know, get some, some, I think he wanted to maybe find closure through like the job or something to investigate her death or something. But then he just, he never really did that. It never really happened. And he just like, and he's just been doing the same thing over and over again every day for, since yeah. then. Yeah, because like he, yeah, because it's like also shown like how, like the first, Thing that he does on the job is like try and help people try and find missing people just as some sort of like maybe a way to cope with his loss and try and help others from going through his experiences but he never did though no he, he could he no. never found anything more about her he just wallowed in his own sadness nope and like in a vacuum this is actually pretty sad like if i see this I would... it is but it's in this show, and I can't take anything the show does sincerely. Now, maybe maybe it was just me. Maybe it was just me dissociating at this point in the series. Once I realized, okay, oh, we're yeah. back to the normal shit. Like, I can dissociate away from all the crazy shit that just happened before. This this was, like, pretty good drama. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was actually kind of... I'll, I'll give it that. Once this popped up, I was like, I'm, I'm kind of invested in this again. Yeah, like, but like I said, in a vacuum, on you its did own... It. But, like, you did all that bullshit before. I can't take anything the show does seriously. Yeah, now you're trying to be a... Now you're trying to be a down-to-earth, like, anime... Like, anime togasatsu series? Like, no! Riflemenko? Now you're trying to be that? I'm just like, no. You are you are not allowed to do that. You made your bed. You're gonna fucking lie no, in it. get back. Get back to the fucking crazy. No, go back to your room. And so this causes a great schism between Masayoshi and Goto. So Masayoshi is kind of fuming from all this. Like, he's like... Oh shit! My like my friend is like all pissed off at me and stuff, and it's like, uh, what can I do? I'm a hero, but like I can't really fix a problem like this. And then he gets, in but then he gets encountered by uh, a young man. Yeah, Masayoshi has an encounter with a young man, uh, a boy that he actually met in one of his first adventures. In the very first episode, he was one of the kids amongst all of the other kids that he was uh, giving out to for spending time in front of the convenience store at night. And the kid wants to shake Masayoshi's hand and thank him for, like, that day. And he it, does. It changed him for the rest of his life. And after that, as that is happening, uh, Masayoshi's apartment blows up. And the, the kid then straight up tells Masayoshi that he did do that. And that, <laughs> like, and that he's basically going to be his villain from now on.
And it's this kid that we only saw once in the first episode in, like, a blinking you'll miss moment. But I did suspect he'd be important later because they gave him a name, uh, Sawada Haiji. You know, they call him Sawada back in, back in the first episode. But, like, now... Mm-hmm. He, he didn't make any other appearances after that moment. And now he's thrusted into the big final boss role for the series after we've dealt with King Tortures and From Beyonds and Aliens and Prime Ministers and shit. It's the serial killer arc! <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're into the serial killer this is, arc. This is what we're ending off on, folks. Why not? How, how, yeah, this is like the, what, fourth or fifth arc of the show? <laughs> like, okay, yeah, now we're trying to stop Yoshikage Kiros. <laughs> This kid wants a normal life. Oh, my word. I mean, he already blew up something. Yeah, he did. And it's, uh, he's already off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not all he does, as he he performs a string of crimes against not only Masayoshi, but everyone that's ever been close to him. Like, you know, at one point he tries to poison Masayoshi. He tries, he's tormenting all of the other rangers. He pushes uh, Hazakura down the stairs. He runs, he, he leads Red Axe to get run over by a truck. And even uses uh, Masayoshi's paranoia to turn Goto against him, and even poisons Moe and Mizuki. It's like, this kid is doing all of this shit to him. Yeah, he's enacting a campaign of terror against Masayoshi and Samurai Flamenco. Which, by the way, the Rangers kind of got off easily, because all he ever did to them was, like, you know, cut their hair or, like, ruin all of their merch or destroy their books. Or, like, yeah. or, well, he even makes origami out of, like, one of their, like, uh, out of the Green Ranger's book. It's, yeah. like, it's like origami killer shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Where's uh, Nam and Jaden to stop him? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it yeah becomes... wait, did David Cage write this this show? Uh, I could believe that. I mean, it's 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 as insane as the stuff he writes. Yeah, it's, it, this is actually about as yeah, insane as up, Fahrenheit yeah. actually is. <laughs> yeah, that game is fucking bananas, cuckoo. <laughs> But yeah, he this kid is enacting psychological warfare against Masayoshi and even making him question his own insanity, his own sanity, which he is certifiably insane. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. But like, oh yeah, he doesn't like he's not like hallucinatory or anything. No, not that far down the hole. So yeah, M- Masayoshi is starting to feel like he has no one to really turn to. And then like, we we find out the reason why Sawada is doing all of this. It's because ever since that moment he met, he saw Samurai Flamenco, he became obsessed with him. You know, he kept thinking about that word, Flamenco, Flamenco, and he just starts laughing at that. And then he's just start, and he realizes, oh, this crazy guy in a tokusatsu suit brought something I never had in my life. Actual excitement. And he started to basically become enamored with him, like everything that he ever did. So, and then the way he shows that, love and admiration is by wanting to be his villain and wanting to basically ruin his life and just fucking with him yeah yeah he, he lived a totally boring mundane life before and then this one thing uh sure did set him off and uh now he's a crazed serial killer and also he faked his own death so like t- to cover his tracks yeah that's the that's another weird part of this too after all the weird stuff that yeah came before, and his parents went along with it yeah they revealed that his parents signed his death certificate even though they say that, like, they doted on him, like... Oh, weird. They... So, like, at his, at his request, they signed his death certificate to say he was dead and took him out of school? Like, like... This boggles my mind. Oh, my God. Also, like... I don't even know if they actually really explain it, but, like... 
Sawada doing all these things to like all of Masayoshi's friends and everything, like all that's happening all at the same time. Like, do they ever really explain how he was able to pull all this stuff up? Because like in some scenes you can see. Like, no, it doesn't matter. No, we, they don't, we don't have time that. for that. Yeah, because like how can he be like in one moment pushing Harazuka down the stairs or like uh, chopping off Pink's hair, and then the next minute standing behind Red Axe pushing him into a truck? It looks almost supernatural, but the, the, nah, the man, characters. It's... Like, point out the fact that there's no more supernatural stuff in the series. Yeah, they make a point that there's no supernatural stuff and that he's just a normal, psychotic boy. Like, there's even a moment where, like, Masayoshi thinks he sees him, and it's like, okay, he's, is he actually seeing him, or is he not really there? Like, they don't explain this. Like, is, are his parents helping him? Well, there's also a bit of, like, an ink... I, I don't know. That would at least be one explanation if his, if his parents were accomplices in all this. But... No, they never yeah. explicitly say that. Like, I think there's a moment where, it's like... It's it's barely even implied. You can't even say it's implied. Like, there's a moment where, like, we... The moment where, like, we see Pink's hair get cut, you can see, like, another person there. Like, maybe if I paused it, I can see, like, oh, maybe that's, like, his mom or something like that. But, like, it moves too fast, and then they never bring it up again. Like, th he's just a normal boy. Well, I think, the, I think the more important one is, like, Kaname. Because Kaname gets, like, the worst of it, where he gets clipped by a car. And yeah. he actually gets put in the hospital. And they show the like the truck hitting him, and then just driving off. So you're thinking, oh, well, okay, so this kid was like driving the bus or something. No, what gives the kid away and proves that he's real is that Kaname saw him behind him for a split second before he got hit by the truck. So it's like Lou was yeah, driving the truck. He's it's it's yeah, it's anime yeah, because, trucks. They always oh stop. God. They don't stop. They always run over people. Yeah, like Kaname yeah. should be like off in another world. Get <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> isekai'd into another world where this is a good show hey that's a better show a tokusatsu hero in like a fantasy world why not but yeah whatever so, yep. she like sees kaname in the hospital and like it confirms like okay i'm not crazy this kid is actually out there and he's like fucking with everyone and he's like master what should i do how can i defeat this kid i've never encountered a foe like this and kaname's only real advice is that like you need to use the greatest weapon that any hero all needs in oh this God. world you need to you need to use love <laughs> and Masai, she's like but i've never felt love in my life what is love baby don't hurt me don't yeah, hurt me exactly. no more <laughs> and so he's, so he kind nice. of, he's like that's all i can tell you you need to defeat him no Which tell love? me asshole what do i need to do to defeat this psychotic brat <laughs> not out of me love. <laughs> no i, love. I help Just those love. nurse morphine morphine oh <laughs> oh man give me some more painkillers I hope Kaname comes out of this with an opioid addiction. I hope his wife leaves him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, you missed the bit. You missed the bit where, uh... <laughs> you missed the bit where, uh... Where uh, Haji, uh... Uh, poisons Triple M. Oh, yeah, like, he poisons... You know, we briefly touched yeah, we talked about that. that. Yeah. yeah, he poisons uh, Moe and uh, the other girl. Yeah, Mizuki. Mizuki, and uh, so Mari is the only one who's left active. Yeah. Yeah, that'll come up a little bit later. So, uh, yeah, so Masayoshi is trying to, like, figure out, like, how can I, how can I stop him with love? And he even asks, like, Ishihara, uh, hey, what is love? And she, you know, she, she at least nicely tells him that there's... She responds, baby, don't hurt I mean, me. Yeah, she, she, she nicely, but she at least nicely tells him that there's many different types, types of love out there. There's love between family. There's love between a brother and sister. Between parents and their, and their, and their daughters and sons. There's love between friends. There's all sorts of different kinds of love out there, Masayoshi. You need to find your own. Like, a real frozen moment here. 
Yeah, and she was like, hell, even the love that you have for your superheroes is love. And I guess that's what clicks in Masayoshi's head in that moment. I think it is. Well, it better click fast because now uh, because now Sawada yeah. has gotten onto his final victim. He has targeted Goto. Yep, he steals Ooh. Goto's cell phone. Yeah, he chains him up in an, in an abandoned apartment building. The same apartment that he blew up. Right, the same one that he blew up. And he's going and right. he's explaining to Goto that like he's basically saying like I'm going to make you my special project. <laughs> I'm going like I'm going to have I'm going to uh, use you to turn Samurai Flamenco into the hero he was always meant to be. Dark Samurai Flamenco. So his, Of course. So his plan is to goad Goto into picking up a gun and uh, shooting Sawada so that that will turn Samurai Flamenco dark and evil and will dark and will darken his worldview. Because seeing his best friend kill someone would just, like, send him off the deep end. It would shatter his world. And I'm just like, bro, he yeah. does that all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you just you just don't see it. Although it's actually a, a fairly now, well pulled off moment where Sawada has got Goto here. Yeah. And Goto's like, you're not going to do anything to me, kid. Like, this is going to go the route, the, the route of everything else. And then Goto, and then Sawada pulls out his phone and then starts deleting yeah, all the, the messages between Goto and his fake girlfriend. And it sends Goto into a murderous rage. <laughs> I will admit that was actually a well done moment. It's actually a great moment. Like, Goto yeah, is sitting was. here and I suffering. Yeah, because like Sawada, he's holding up his phone and he's got his finger on the button and he's, it's like hovering over like, do you want to delete? Yes. And he's all like, I'm going to do it. He's like, no, no, don't you dare do it. Please stop. I beg of you. Don't, don't. That's all I have left of her. And then he, he hits delete. Everything's gone. And he's like, motherfucker, I'll kill you. I'll kill you, you son of a bitch. Fuck you. Yeah, it's actually a pretty well pulled off moment. Like, you actually believe that this is the yeah. worst thing that to ever happen to Goto. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. You get a gold star. You get another gold star today there, Samurai Flamenco. This is, so we come to the final confrontation. Yeah, so. Holy Masayoshi shit. shows up. I got some things to say here. <laughs> you want to go? Okay, so... Uh, so, oh, Lord. So, basically, Samurai Flamenco shows up, right? And... And he doesn't want to fight him as Samurai Flamenco, right? So, Haji de demands that he changes into the clothes, the Samurai Flamenco clothes. No, he doesn't do that. He takes off all of his clothes. But anyways, Hidenori tries to aim the gun, and then Masayoshi tries to stop him and calm him down in his own way, right? So, oh my fucking god. I just gotta read these, sub, these the, the subs for this. I don't know if your guys' subs are like this, but this was mine. Okay. This sent me, this sent me through, I tweeted recently, is it possible, Googling, is it possible for anime to give me whipping? <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I meant. Okay, so, so so what did it say? Goto's plan to talk him down is Goto, let's get married. And then Goto's like, huh? And and then Matsuyoshi says, I'll do everything your girlfriend would have, all for you. So let's get married. And then, oh my god. If you'll oh my fucking god. My subtitles, it said this. 
What are you saying? Are you R slurred? Uh, oh no! I was like, oh, "Where did that come from?" Okay, right. my, and then my subs didn't say that. I hit pause for a second, and I'm like, "Oh lord, that is some 2013 anime fan subs." Oh, and then R slur there, and then and then and then. The next, the next set of words that come up. I know more about love than you do, virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Calls, yeah, they start calling each other virgins. I, I lost my shit. I, I went full Joker pill there. That was the most head shattering trauma. Not, not even trauma, but just whiplash inducing set of subtitles I have ever read in my life. No, actually, I remember that moment. Goto specifically says Baka, which is just stupid. Yeah, they just start saying Baka at each other. But, like, then, but then Masayoshi starts repeating it. But, like, he doesn't, Masayoshi doesn't use the R slur. No, the subs don't say that in, in like, my version. He's just saying stupid, stupid, stupid. I had no clue. There's nothing about, like, the language he's using that applied to slur. Yeah, thank you, fan subs, for going all slur. Yeah, the, the, the edgelord teenager who, like, did those fan subs. But you know, outside. Yeah, dude. I mean, this is no, no, dude. You don't understand the vocalizers. They removed that <laughs> word from the real subs. Ah, uh, they're up to it again. <laughs> Trying to take all the good slurs away from us. You know, some people say in Japan you know they don't it. even have slurs. That's just words they use. Yeah, they just literally throw that around. They say they are slur. They say the F slur. They say all the other slurs and that stuff. Trying to reclaim all the slurs away oh from the people. The, from like, the woke police. Yeah. I do not miss edgy subs. No, I don't. I will say I'm that glad we now. have professionals doing these subtitles now. Yes. They just need to be paid more. Thank Lord. I mean, even if it was like kind of a sweet moment, just having that going on just really took me out. Oh yeah, like I can see it completely ruining it. Even more so. But but the moment though, it is at least a bit of it is at least a nice moment of like insanity that's introduced uh, clearly from because Masayoshi needs to just calm down Goto, so he just needs to present him with something totally ridiculous to take yeah. him out of the situation. I On actually the like that. level. It's pretty Yeah, cool. that's actually kind of good. Yeah. He's like, "What what am I going to say to like calm down Goto? What he's got a gun. He's got a gun and he's going to shoot this kid. Uh-uh. Let's get married." And then Goto actually pauses, and he's like, huh? Like, it worked. It's like, my best friend is yeah, it did me, work. and he just asked me if I, would marry, if, he, if I would marry him. And they just get into an argument right then and there about it. Yeah, they actually bicker like a couple. After, yeah, right? like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it does stop him, and, like, it leaves uh, Sawada open enough for Mari to swoop in and uh, beat him up. Yeah, Mari actually swoops in and saves the day once, like, Goto is shaken out of it. And, yeah, that's the end of it. Yeah. They're, the kid's defeated. Kid's defeated, he gets stomped on the balls. And Goto and Masayoshi, yeah, which that was they a... reconcile with each other. I will admit... Hi, I'm Masayoshi, and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> I, I will admit the moment where, like, uh, Goto tosses Masayoshi his phone, he reads it, and it's, like, a text from the fake dead girlfriend, like, thanks for saving Gochin, and I thought, like, okay, that was fine. I mean, it all comes around full yeah. circle. Oh, yeah, like, he, he thanks... Masayoshi it. started his journey naked, and it ended naked, and it ended with, like, the girlfriend angle. Yep, and Goto thanking him in his own way. It's actually... It, it, was, it was weirdly sweet to me. Weirdly. It actually, it actually worked. Oh, oddly. It was, it was actually good. 
didn't make up for anything else beforehand, but... No. <laughs> yeah. In the moment. <laughs> but Samurai Flamingo's final episode moment, is good. In a way. Yeah, and then... Uh, oh, Lord. And then that... And then... Yes. I'm gonna do it closer. That's basically it. I mean, we do get an epilogue, which, like, all the... It's a museum, you know, kind of cel- to celebrate the heroes, and, like, that time, we all were doomed, but... The Flamengers and Samurai Flamenco all came to save us. Yep, so a museum, it, the, the series ends with a museum getting erected with Kaname as the director that's showing off all of the tokusatsu stuff that existed yeah. in the series before and all of the rangers before are there in attendance and, you know, Ishihara and Kono are there to, like, check it out as well. And Ishihara's like, oh, man, where's uh, where's Masayoshi? Like, he should be here right now. And, you know... Mario and the girls are uh, off still doing idle stuff, but they're still moonlighting as vigilantes. Mm-hmm. And, and importantly, we also see that Goto gets an iPhone now. Oh yeah, he does get an iPhone. He finally upgrades, and I, get, I think he does now actually have a real girlfriend? I'm not sure. That wasn't uh, clear. Does I he? think he does. I think, I, think, I think it shows on his phone that he has like a girlfriend in Nicaragua or something. Okay. So like I think he did move on and he did finally get a new girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. It, I, it wasn't that clear. Yeah. It was like blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. And then we get like one final. But then what of Masayoshi? And then we get like one final moment where like Masayoshi and Goto they're just walking down the street, but then Masayoshi sees like oh there's trouble afoot, so he kind of opens up his shirt Superman style and then runs off to save the day. Yeah. But we also learned that Masayoshi has been uh, visiting this kid Haji Haji in jail. Yep, he visits him, and, like, uh, the kid's saying, well, like, you know, I'm gonna get out here one of these days, and I'm still gonna go after you. My, uh, Masayoshi should have said, kid, I've met God. <laughs> you're, n- like, your case is gonna Most be nothing fucker, to me. You're a little piss you. brat. You're nothing to me. But you know what? I'll entertain get you, and I'll here, be you there little for you. Kid. Yeah, and, like, Masayoshi does make a deal with the kid, saying all, like, okay, yeah, I, you can come after me, but only come after me. Leave my friends out of this. And then, like, yeah, that's, and then kid's all, like, <laughs> what a weirdo. Also, we see that his parents are there to visit him, too, which was like, okay, how are they not in jail because they're accomplices to, like, his crimes? Yeah, really? They what did, the no, hell, Well, they man. did submit themselves to the police before, but now I guess they're just out of jail. I'm, I guess good behavior, like, oh, you told the truth eventually, we'll let you go. I guess they weren't accomplices, even though they actually were. They literally were. They signed the kid's death warrant. And they probably helped him do all those crimes against the rangers. But, hey, Masayoshi, he's going to be there for that kid. He's not going to forget about him. He's actually going to be there for people, and he's going to have, like, empathy for those that he uh, takes down now. I'll be a hero. And they say that a hero can save us. And the final shot of the series is Masayoshi uh, doing a little Superman costume change as he sees that uh, someone is littering, and he runs away from Goto to save the day as Samurai Flamenco. Curtain down. And curtains down. So what did we learn? What did we learn? <laughs> exactly! <laughs> <laughs> what was the point of all this? By the way, is Masayoshi president of Earth now? Yeah, did he get, yeah, did he get elected? Yeah. <laughs> I never got answered. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, who's the new My prime minister hurts. now? <laughs> yeah, because they mentioned the prime minister, and he's like, they, they call him former prime minister. And like his... Uh, Toku suit is like in the villain section of the museum. 
We're gonna get like some like are we gonna get like a liquid ocelot like rising up now? Yeah, where's liquid? <laughs> he's gonna like graft the arm of like yeah, a dude. He's gonna find King Torture's oh, body man. and graft his arm onto his own body. Just like the chainsaw! Yes! <laughs> That's why he cut off his hand. So he can use it later to become there you go. become Prime Minister Torture. Liquid torture! Yes! <laughs> Brother! It's not over. Not yet. Water torture. <laughs> <laughs> God, so <gasps> Samurai Flamenco, man. Oh my God, that I have was... not watched an anime this oh. wild in a in a long time. Oh, who wants to start off with Final Thoughts? Same. Um, you know what? I think I have the least history with this one, so I think I'll go first. Go for it, Samurai Flamenco. This is this is the kind of trash that Mother's Basement would extol as the greatest thing ever <laughs> in an anime season. Um. Uh, I'm sure some of our acquaintances also would probably extol it like this. I think a lot of them, in my mind, this is my theory, I would have to ask them in person, but, like, I think people like Corey and Vinny, um, I think that, I think, I think, I think, I think to some people this is genius. <laughs> to some people this is, like, pure madness that needs to be seen. I have a bit of a outside perspective when it comes to this one. I can process it exactly for what it is, but then I can, like, turn around and then say, like, does anyone actually need to watch this? I will say right now that I don't think... You know what? I'll come back to this later. I think we should get to the end as to whether or not we would actually suggest this to anyone. But as it stands, Samurai Flamenco is a balls-to-the-wall, just absolutely insane series that wants to be too many things all at once and can never seem to decide on what it wants to actually be in the end, that even when it tries to be sincere, it tends to fall flat. But it has hints of, like, real heart that almost make it worth it. Like, if the series was just episodes 1 through 7, and the last four episodes, it could maybe be, like, a solid 11-episode anime. But... <laughs> Everything gets so complicated around the middle. This is one of the, like, the most divisive middles I've ever seen in an anime ever. Everything, all of the middle ten episodes are so disjointed, so tonally all over the place. Just so silly that you actually don't know whether the, the creators were trying to intentionally do something, do serious storytelling, or do complete parody. It doesn't really know what it wants to be. It actually kind of reminded me of the Will Smith film Hancock. In a way, oh wow! Which is also a which is also a superhero film that had really bad tonal problems. That's right. Yeah, because it was it was it initially starts mm. off as a comedy about this like borderline homeless uh, super powered guy who's just an who's just like uh, an a hole to the general public, and then like a guy comes in and like remodels his image, but then it like in the final act it all of a sudden turns serious. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit in a way. I mean, hell. It actually, this whole series kind of reminded me of Kick-Ass in a little bit way, because it also 
If you didn't know, Kick-Ass, I think, technically takes place in the same universe as Wanted. Yeah, I think so. Which, which, which is, which, Wanted is full of actual superpowers, Kick-Ass has no superpowers, until the final, until the final issue where, like, some guy actually flies off the Empire State Building or something. So there are some weird little similarities there, but, man, this, it, this... Samurai Flamenco feels like it was designed by feels like it was designed by committee. Like too many cooks in the kitchen, all trying to figure out what they wanted to do, and, if, and no one idea in the series really congeals into something concrete. So th this is such a mixed bag of a series. It really is. I and yet I still got some enjoyment out of it. I got enjoyment and happiness out of how fucking weird this gets. How balls to the wall insane it gets. How it just seems to try everything. It's almost cute, what this series attempts. It's almost <laughs> cute. Yeah. But would I actually rewatch this one? No. I'm gonna say right now, no, no, not really. I don't think I ever will rewatch Samurai Flamenco, even casually. I don't think it's worth that much of a ride again or anything. But I, I still feel like I understand other people who like this series out there in the world a little bit more. I got a bit closer to the answer. And I think that was at least worth it. So, Samurai Flamenco, uh, okay at the beginning, uh, bad in a really bad in a really funny way in the middle, and kind of actually good in the end. That's that's my assessment. I but, feel I don't think I've ever seen an anime this nonsensical. Like you're a bit more kind of halfway positive about this, despite all of its it's not a good anime. And yeah, I'm trying to look on the bright side. Looking on the bright side, I really can't like. I'm not angry. I don't like. I don't like. Grr, hate this. Like, this is a series where I just like. After every episode, as I was watching this, I just felt sick. I just felt a weird feeling, weird uneasiness in my stomach. Just all like, I I don't I, I can't really comprehend what is happening. Like, there are moments where I just felt like I had a migraine and I like I needed to stop. Like, it's just so. The show is just so in your face about how insane it is to the point where I was just sitting there expecting something stupid to happen at every turn and lo and behold something stupid happened at every turn like I do agree with the fact that this is definitely a series by committee like this was just everyone throwing all of their ideas into one into a single pot and just seeing what works here but also I feel like doing that is like sign of desperation like keep in mind this is a studio that had years of debt build up and that had that was on the verge of bankruptcy and actually did declare bankruptcy a year after it ended. So it just felt like the studio was like, we need a hit. We need to do whatever we can to get a hit. And this is what they did. Just throwing everything at the wall, seeing what sticks. And even if it doesn't stick, whatever, it's so crazy that it'll just get people talking. And people talking will then turn, turn into viewers. And viewers equals ratings and money for us. But even then, I feel like it didn't work. Because outside of like the most diehard of diehard fans, no one fucking watched the show. It's just and like, even the loyalist fans who tell people to watch this show, they're not gonna spoil anything for you, so like, you'll have no incentive to like, do any of that stuff, because like, normal people wouldn't watch this past like, episode 5. Oh yeah, I do get the sense that there's a bit of like, fan loyalty with this one, that like, no one will like, go out of their way to explain this to you. Yeah, no one's gonna talk about this, they're not gonna spoil anything because they wanna save the surprise for you, should you continue watching it. You know what? I will. I'll spoil it for yes. you. Yes. I'll say that right now. I will spoil the shit out of the series <laughs> for anyone out there. 
like other people won't because they feel the shock is part of the experience, you know? And plus, they, they wouldn't dare sully yeah. the name of Samurai Flamenco. They wouldn't dare badmouth this. I believe no. that. I believe other people would be like that. And it's like, yeah, it's okay to like an anime, but if anyone tries to recommend this to you, they're full of shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they're full of shit. <laughs> they're having a good. They're having a good jib with you. They are. They are laughing at you behind your back as you go like, "Oh, Samurai Flamenco! I'll watch this." My good friend here told me it's good. They're pointing and laughing at you right now, and I feel like our friends who are I, listening I, to this as I release this, they're pointing and laughing at us right now. Hey, I will say right now, if anyone out there has a def has a legit good defense bit. of this, I will hear them out. Yeah, Corey, if you want to do Please. a special Samurai Flamenco episode of Taiku Podcast where you explain your feelings, by all means, go ahead. I want to know. We'll have a I, fair, open debate I would about love it. to know. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, you can just release your own episode and just plead your case in response to our case. Go ahead. Please, I would love that. So, yeah. That, that, like I said before, this is probably the hardest anime I have ever had to watch for this podcast. <laughs> and like I said... I sat through 51 episodes of Black Clover and 13 episodes of Blade Runner Black Lotus twice. Yeah, but did Asta fight God in one episode and then go back to a totally mundane adventures afterwards? I feel like he might have. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably should have. Did we get a Mecha Prime Minister? <laughs> oh man, maybe that would have saved Black Lotus if like... Uh... What's-Her-Face fought like an evil robot Prime Minister. It might need some saving, because the, 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 the final arc's already not off to a good start. I mean, hey, at least at the very, very least, this show didn't have NFTs. I mean, true. <laughs> <laughs> and, at least, and at least, and at least it suffered the same fate as Black Lotus, being basically relegated to nowhere. Yep, just forced to die on Funimation's already dying streaming site. Will it, co yep. will, will it show up on Crunchyroll? Who knows? Are people clamoring for it? Nah, eh, maybe a few people. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the people who are clamoring for it are all people we know. Exactly. Is it a? I don't know if it's well. It might be a series by committee type thing. Yeah, it does try and do way too much. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking: Is it a series that's worth watching? Eh. Eh. I honestly don't think it's worth watching. I mean, am I happy I watched it? Sure. Was it an... I don't even know if it was an interesting journey or a good journey at that. It was just a journey. It was like a... It was like the anime equivalent of a roller coaster. You're sitting on it. You're going through it. Not even a good roller coaster, a shitty roller coaster. One that's like, oh, oh, bad construction, kind of rickety, and you're just like, at the end, well, that was that. <laughs> like that one wooden roller coaster and, at Valley I mean, Fair. Yeah, like that kind of thing. So like, oh my god. So like the first, I feel like, yeah, like you were saying, the first and last half, okay, fine. That's a solid, like, maybe five or six out of ten show but like the middle bit they try and do way too much with it nothing sticks nothing is important nothing matters in the end the only thing that this show 
has going for it is throwing a new thing at you every five minutes in those middle episodes. And you know what? At a certain point, it just becomes tiresome. It's not even exciting anymore. Like, shows where plot twists happen, those can be some of the best things that you have ever seen. Like, there's moments in Breaking Bad that just absolutely blow you away with how how meaningful and impactful some of these changes are. Nothing, and I mean nothing, in this show has any impact. Why? Because it issues it 10 minutes later into the next thing. It is the same kind of storytelling, the same kind of writing that made people tune out of WCW in 2000 en masse. You're trying to do too much, trying to cram too much in, and as a result, nothing matters, nothing, nothing is memorable. The only thing that you remember is how bonkers and batshit crazy the writers were. So do I recommend watching this show? Absolutely not. I guess that would I guess that does get to one question I was gonna present, yeah, which is would any of us given that this was suggested given that this was a series suggested to us by people who were very passionate about telling other people to suggest the series, what can we say? Can we actually suggest Samurai Flamenco to other people? I would say under no circumstances should you watch this. Like I say, people who try to recommend this to you, they're full of shit. Like, if you value your sanity, like, if you don't want to go through, like, what I do and feel like you're, like, you should be fitted for a straitjacket after each episode, stay as far away from Samurai Flamenco as possible. Like, don't even watch this in a so-bad-it's-good way, because there are a lot of other anime or, like, any other media out there that's on that level in a so-bad-it's-good way. Like, this is just so bad that it's just insane, like... Bad? Like... It's so bad, it's bad. Yeah, it is just bad it's it's not fun it's just bad i i had I, I liked a few moments in here there's like like you said there's moments of heart but it doesn't make up for the fact that more than half the show is just is, dicking you around doing whatever the fuck you want is it yeah is it worth watching like what 22 episodes of this just for a few little moments of heart no there's so many other good things in life that you don't have to waste your time sitting through what Seven episodes of them fucking doing nothing, hitting the same goddamn note over and over again. It's just not worth it. Like, on the one, and like, I even thought about, like, okay, could you even watch maybe the first seven episodes, skip the insane shit, and go for the four last four episodes? No, you can't even do that either, because even in those last four no. mundane episodes, they call back to events in the previous 11 episodes. Yeah, with, you, like, would, you would be confused. You, you'd feel like you're going even more insane because like what is king torture what is from beyond why are they talking about the prime minister being evil like like it just I guess if you i guess like if you want to watch this show i would suggest watch like the first seven episodes of like 2x and maybe go in or hell just watch one episode maybe read the summaries of some of the other stuff because none of that first bit even matters 
none of the first seven episodes matter except the people that are introduced it doesn't fucking matter this is one of the this is an anime that screams you can put this on in the background yeah and like but also like until until this until the middle part which you gotta watch because you otherwise you'll miss some dumb shit but also the show did so poorly that it doesn't even have the courtesy to have a dub that you can listen to no it doesn't no, I mean, Anaplex of America licenses. this. It didn't get dubbed. It didn't get a physical release in the U.S. No, it barely... Did it have? Barely it charted maybe. in Japan. I don't know. Like, the sales no. charts for it were like, it barely even charted. Oh, fuck. Remember there was a bit where they were putting the DVD of Samurai Flamenco on the shelf in this show? Oh, my God. Yeah, there was a bit. You remember that? I can't believe we forgot. That about was a bit that. somewhere, but I think the moment's gone. Yeah, there was a moment where, like, you saying, like, "Oh, your adventures will just be like another DVD on the shelf of like Tokusatsu TV shows." Yeah, another... they were there. I was like, "Oh, you're so damn clever." Yeah, another meta moment. Oh. Yeah. Uh, um, so maybe I'm a little different here. <laughs> no, come on. No, 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 no. no. It's not all... what you think. It's not what you think. Let me. Yeah, go ahead. Do you do you have like are we wrong on this, Ryan? Are we like Do you wanna recommend this to people? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I would not this is not my first anime I would recommend to anybody. Like if any like this won't even really come up to my mind. Maybe if a conversation ever got around to like insane crazy anime I watched, maybe I would bring up this one. Oh by all means. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But would I actually recommend this to that anyone? Is... I I would just tell people straight up what happens in it, beat for beat, and that let, then let them make the choice. I will not recommend or even turn people away from the series. I will just tell them the truth. I will spoil the series for people. I would tell them exactly Agreed. what happens and just say, okay, you heard the story now. Do you want to watch it? I leave the choice to you. I don't fucking care. The choices are yours, and they're yours alone. Yeah. I'm not going to play this game <laughs> of, like, fiddle-fucking around, like, what happens in the series, and, like, playing this, like, little, like, like, cock-tease about what is going- about how you need to, like, watch it. You need to see it for yourself. No, I don't play that Oh, game. you gotta wait until episode seven. It gets good. Yeah, bad. I will tell people straight up, yeah, watch up to episode seven. That's where it gets crazy. That goes for four episodes, gets crazy again for about six episodes, then it goes back to the mundane shit again. I will just be straight up honest with people. I, so I guess my point is that um, I, I, I will neither recommend nor turn people away from Samurai Flamenco. I will be 100% objective with them and just, I, I feel, I have no qualms whatsoever about spoiling the series to anyone. None at all. Same. Like, I will just leave the decision in other people's hands. Do I think it's the worth only... watching? Do I think anything is interesting about it? No, not really. Like, there's not even much history to the series at all. None of the history is about, is about it is interesting. You can't even argue it's comparable to something like The Room, because at least The Room has a great, has an interesting story behind it. There is no real interesting yeah. story or behind-the-scenes drama behind what that we know of for this one yeah this is not like the room this is not like samurai cop this is nothing like that no may maybe no. one day if there is a story about it then maybe that story could make it a little more interesting but as it stands it's just a very confusing uh mediocre anime but maybe if some people out there have a tolerance for that maybe they could get some enjoyment out of it 
Some people out there in the world do just have a much higher tolerance for uh, trash anime like this. As the years go by, I, I, I ask for more substance for my anime. Like, I want to be... Like, I'm, I'm getting... I'm getting older, and I'm getting tireder, and I want to... And I just want to, like, spend the thing... And I want to spend the love I have left in my life on things that I know I will actually genuinely love. Not just stuff that I will, like, oh have a middlingly, yes. middling fascination with. I want to, like, be blown away by my anime. So what you're saying is Dude. you're... You're hurt, you're old, you're tired, and you work with fucking children. Yeah, I kind of am. I, I'm a bit like CM Punk. Oh, more you empty-headed fucking dumb fuck. <laughs> that is, that's me to, like, everyone who's recommended this show to me. <laughs> we are all CM Punk in this situation, having, like, a... The brawl out right here. But no, unlike you guys, yeah, I, don't, dude. I don't care one way or another whether people watch Samurai Flanko, Flamenco or not. Go ahead. If you are interested in it, after I tell you all about it, go ahead. Watch it. Have fun with it. Recommend it to other people if you want. I don't care. I can only do what I can do Shame. with my life and how I recommend anime to other people. But I'm going to be straight up. I'm going to be truthful. I'm going to be honest. And in the end, <laughs> I don't like Samurai Flamenco. Is it fascinating in parts? A little bit, in how bad it is. But do I think it's worth watching yeah, for like 22 straight episodes? Not really, but I also recognize other people have mileage, have higher mileage for that. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I promote being uh, completely honest and spoiler forward with Samurai Flamenco. I would just say, like, if you out there have any interest in Tokusatsu, Super Sentai, or anything like that, I would just say... Watch Pretty Cure, watch Power Rangers, watch actual Super Sentai, watch Kamen Rider, watch Go Busters, watch Gridman, watch Ultraman, watch literally all of the things that this show is trying to quote-unquote parody. You'll, you'll get more yeah, out of that than this. Go to the source. Go to the source. And if you want to make like... I think... If you want to make like snide comments about everything like that, just do it on your own. You don't need a TV show to point out all the weird fallacies in these shows. Yeah, you can find much better tokusatsu yeah. uh, deconstructions out there. I am sure they're out there. You it, can find better than Stan yeah, Rifleman. definitely. And if they're not, make your own. Like, say, do a podcast where you talk about, like, Pretty Cure every other month or so. Why not? I mean, I've got high hopes for Shin Kamen Rider. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that looks good. <laughs> yeah, that looks good. I would actually go yeah, out to see hey. that rather than... I would say, yeah, go out and see that over Samurai Flamenco. Yeah. That might be an actual good subversion. Who knows? Yeah, I also might hear Futo P.I. is good. Yeah, that's also, that's all, yeah, that's actually just came out just recently, too. Yeah. But yeah, um, oh yeah, Samurai Flamenco, it's, it, it's an enigma to me. It, it's just a real enigma of an anime. I don't know if I will ever understand it, but I, I can at least say I hope I understand this anime one day. I hope one day yeah, I will understand again. what happened with it. I would love to hear some defenses of this. I would love to hear any stories about it whatsoever. Yeah. Same. I want but, to know what happened with with the production of this thing. Yeah, because... Like... That would be a fascinating who, was, was anyone there saying no? It looked or was it all yeses? I don't think anyone said no. I can't imagine a world where someone said no. And if they did, what did they say no to? Like, what was too crazy for crazy? Oh, I would want to know that. I <laughs> that sounds interesting. I can't even imagine what they would say no to. Like, I joked about it earlier, but did they actually think about saying like, "Hey, you know what? Let's just do third impact. Fuck it. Play come sister Todd and like just have everyone turn to Tang." 
there, there are more the questions. Only, there are more questions left with Samurai Flamenco out there. There really. The are. only thing that I think they would, the only reason I think they would say no to that is, uh, it's too similar to Ava. <laughs> yeah, when we rip off Ava, we do it subtly. <laughs> yeah, Samurai Flamenco. The I, I would declare it as the most puzzling piece of tokus, tokusatsu media out there. And it led to us probably doing what could probably go down in history as our most cursed, dark-sided, black tar heroine episode of Anime Baby ever. I, I, I think it that's, is. I think that's safe to declare. I, I can't imagine us and honestly, weirder. And honestly, I am thrilled that you invited me along for the ride. And we thank you for giving us the idea, because you proposed this. Like, if you are ever going to watch Samurai Flamenco, you would do yep. it for our show. This, yep, this, this is the Samurai Flamenco twist, where I take off the mask and say, it was me all along. <laughs> this was my idea for an episode. Yeah, you were our twist villain by the end. I wanted to pay off the debt. Yeah, you were I Alien I wanted to pay Flamenco. off the debt with my friends. <laughs> Oh yeah, and uh, I guess one, I guess one last uh, thing we uh, got to answer for all you out there: um, if you're wondering what flamenco means throughout this whole series, it's a nonsense word. Yeah, yeah, it was a homonym. Doesn't matter. It's, a, it's a, no, it's an alien word that grants wishes to like point zero 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 two percent of any people out there who utter it. Yep. Yep. And it just—that's real, by the way. It's not even flamenco. That's actually it's like in the show. Flamenco, <laughs> flamenco, or something. Flamenco. You know, the uh, god basically compares it to like how there's a city in Australia called Aromanga. Yep. It, it it didn't matter. Yeah. Nothing matters. It don't matter. None of this matters. <laughs> and just like that, we are now officially in a post samurai flamenco world. Like, you know that scene at the end of Return of the King where like. Uh, Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin are, like, in the bar, and they're just, like, kind of, like, all looking at each other, going all, like, this is our lives now. That's us. We are just, like, we went on this crazy journey, this crazy cursed journey, and we are now changed because of it. We can't go back to the way we were pre-Flamenco. We are, we will always be in a post-Flamenco nope. world. Like, are you gonna, like, sail off to yep, another country that's... now? Yeah, I might. <laughs> or be like Sam and Mary, yeah, like, we'll Mary, like, a cute barmaid. <laughs> Actually, no. I'm the one who's gonna sail off, and you're gonna be Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins at the end with like a brain half rotted. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> I wonder if I could watch Precure one last time, <laughs> and then Gandalf's <laughs> off to the side, being all like, "Yes, yes, you can," <laughs> and we're just smoking together. <laughs> oh boy! And then I write my life story into a book that gets turned into like three movies. <laughs> well, now it's our turn to sail off into the sunset. <laughs> so. Oh my god. Thank you all for listening. I've been your host, Mikey, and you can find me at my social medias, at Mikey Shiota on Twitter, if that still exists, MikeyShiota.tumblr.com, Mikey Shiota on the gram, <laughs> and where can we find you, buddy? You can find me at WolfishGrin on Tumblr and at 2Bits on Twitter, where I'm now rocking an awesome-looking Disco Elysium-inspired icon. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah! Ooh, I love that it. That was really so good work. I'm, sweet. I'm, so wearing cool. a skull, I'm wearing a Skulls jacket, and I have the conceptualization background behind me to like represent how arty I am. Ah, oh, nice. I love it. Yes, it, the person who I commissioned from, Paul McIce-T, they, they commissioned it exactly how I wanted. Ah, uh, nice. Oh, man. Tony, you gotta look Very out. Good. You gotta look out for them and, like, their future commissions because, mm, man, worth it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Tonedog, or you can find all my other social medias at Linktree link tr.ee slash tone dog where you can find like all my 
other stuff that I have in the world because who knows how long Twitter will be around for. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I should probably get around to making one of those too. And I'll still yeah, do it. Time. Yeah. But it's also you should follow Anime Baby on Twitter at anime underscore baby. That's anime underscore B-A-Y, B-A-Y. Also follow the show at animebaybay.podbean.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And maybe on Mastodon, too. Who knows? If I ever figure out how, the, how that works. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Hive, if they fix their security problems, too. <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah, I doubt it. But next time, we're actually hitting a milestone because this episode, all about Samurai Flamenco, is episode 49. Our next episode will be Big Episode 50. Oh, wow. I guess that's a good enough milestone for us. Yeah. Monthly podcast. Mm hmm. And to commemorate this moment, I feel it's time to bring out the big guns. You know, it's a little something I thought of back when I first conceptualized the podcast, but I wanted to wait for just the right moment to bring it out. I can't bring it out all willy nilly. I gotta wait for just the right time. And, you know, we've done two partners in the past. But for this occasion, we're going to give you a triple header. Three episodes that I am hoping to release across both February and March to celebrate 50 episodes of Anime Bebe. So all three of these episodes will collectively, collectively be episode 50. And oh wow, what will we be talking about? Well, it's a series that's very near and dear to my heart. A series that I've been, that helped me meet a ton of awesome people over the past several years. A series that I feel now is the time to talk about it because it's celebrating its 10th anniversary. Anime Bebe will be celebrating 50 episodes with Love Live School Idol Project. It was bound to happen at some point. The first two seasons and the first movie of the original series I cannot wait to talk about OG Love Live here. This is one of your most favorite things in the entire oh, world. One of my most favoriteest things. It's it's my baby. I will love and cherish it forever and watch it grow. And we're going to talk about where it all began with OG Muse Love Live. And I'll be there to join, to join you in on that. And you oh, know, that should be good. And you know, with uh, movies, we typically like to have guests come on, so... Tony, maybe calling your name and maybe calling the names of some other people if they want to. Oh, hello. So just a little something to think about. Mm. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and it'll definitely wash the taste out of the taste of flamenco out of my mouth. You know, yeah. When you were talking about a series that is turning uh, ten this year, I was my mind actually went to Samurai Flamenco. <laughs> oh man, it is the tenth anniversary. I forgot. Yeah, we are actually. This is actually the anniversary. There's an alternate us, universe where we could have done a three-parter. <laughs> I mean, we could have. There's enough material. No, there isn't. No. <laughs> yeah. But no, we're celebrating a real anniversary next time. But it's gonna be fun. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Yeah, it'll be a fun time. But until that time, stay safe out there, be good to yourself and others, and have a happy new year. And this has been... Anime, Anime Baby! baby.
popular in a number of state institutions. <laughs>